You ever think about sucking a dick? I've actually, I, I, I don't think I ever have. Did you ever think about it? Um, How's that, is that better? A little better. I just angled it down so it's not maybe catching as much, you know, it's hitting me. I'm back to the mic versus hitting me, maybe going up to the ceiling, coming back. Yeah, maybe that helped it a little bit. Yeah, thank you. But no, I don't think I ever have thought about sucking a dick, to be honest with you. I know that I've heard that, like everyone thinks about sucking a dick at some point. Really? I've heard something like that, but no, I've just, I'm not into that. Not against it, if you're... Are we going to go live or what? Yeah, we're live. We're live right now. We're live right now. We've been live or we just went live? Just went live. Oh. Because I told you to go suck a dick. Or you ever think about sucking a dick? <laughs> no. You told me to go suck a dick and I told you I don't think about sucking dicks now. Which, if you're into that sort of thing, we, we approve all lifestyles here at Medicine and Man. We're really, uh, we're really into that. Into people making their own choices. You've never thought about sucking a dick? I've never thought like, yo, I want to suck that dick. I've thought like, uh, I, I've thought like, I'm not, I'm not into like, that. Okay. Like, do you want to hear the worst question in the world? Do you know what I've thought? I've thought like, do yes. you want to hear yes. the worst question in the world? Yes. If I tell you the worst question in the world, you have to answer it. All right, go. <laughs> All right. This is the worst question in the world. Would you rather go down on your dad? Or go down on your mom. You have to do one. Which it would it be? Gun to my head. You pulling the trigger? Yeah. Uh, my mom. I thought like that's the that's how much thought I put into sucking a dick is like, man, this girl's a champion. Like I would never do that. <laughs> I could never do it like that. Yeah. yeah. But you know how it is. Girls are fucking. They're they're into that. Oh, here's your boy right now. Who, Gregory? Gregory, is that what you call him? I said Gregory. Oh, uh, yeah, your boy Gregory. Uh, his name's Craig. Craig? Yeah. I hear my sister up there listening to watching, uh, what's it called? Law and Order? Oh, Law and Order, huh? Yeah, big Law and Order crowd. What's up, guys? Like, what's going on, man? So, let me just get right to it. I knew you were going to be on the show. I said, what would Craig Jones wear if he was going out on the night? <laughs> so, I felt like you wouldn't have it here. You would be unbuttoned just below the chest. <laughs> I'd have no buttons. No. Oh, I, I, I really was thinking that, but I'm like, I'm not as good of shape as Craig Jones right now, so let me just <laughs> right here, you know? <laughs> How you guys been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm, still, um, I'm still alive. Oh, that's right. So Stan's actually dying. I might be. Really? What's the uh, prognosis? I might have caught that Rona. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. I don't know how. But What do you mean you don't know how, Stan? All right. There's other times in my life, Craig, where I'd be like, oh, I hung out with this girl. Or, oh, I did this. I This is how it happened. I don't. I haven't been doing anything for like the last two weeks. What did you do on the 4th of July? Nothing. You didn't go to your boy's party? Oh, yeah. But, oh, you think that's all? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it, you fuck. 
Yeah, but that's ten days ago. I think. Uh, I guess they say they say most people experience the symptoms like two to three days, but then they try to say that it can come in fourteen days. But I don't believe that. How bad uh, do you feel? Um, Sunday, Monday, and a little bit today. But Monday. You feel better today. Today I feel better, but I've been popping a lot of Tylenol. I went and got tested this morning, but Monday I felt like death. Like I had the worst aches and pains I've ever experienced, the worst headache I've ever experienced. Not cool. Shit, you're scaring me. I, I don't think I've caught it and I've trained this entire time. It's a miracle. Do you know anybody that has it? No. No, not you, Stan. Oh, no, no, I, I haven't met anyone that's had it, actually, yeah. Because my lady's mom's had it, so that's the one person I know, and Stan's going to be number two. When do you get the result? I don't know. They said give it a week, but then they also said I might get it in like two, three days. They were pretty vague about that, so I was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's pretty general. But they told me to quarantine myself as if I have it. Shit. Sorry, Dad. Can't work. Gotta be quarantined. (laughs) Sorry, Dennis. Can't do anything. Gotta be quarantined. Have you lost your sense of uh, taste and smell? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, no, I haven't. Luckily, you don't have it. No, they said that wasn't a guarantee. They said it. So they gave me two options. They were like, chance it's a cold, which people do still get colds in the summer. But then they said the aches and the fact that I've said, like, you know, I've had headaches and aches and pains. The fact that I felt like it was the worst I've ever experienced. They were like, uh, yeah, so it might be. But. I'll live. But yeah, wow. I don't have any... Uh, I'll, I'll be alright. But Craig Jones, welcome back to Menace and the Man. We'll get to some lighter... Su- I guess a lighter subject. You just competed <laughs> this weekend in Submission Underground. Yeah, I mean, it was a rough weekend, really. <laughs> oh my god, real rough. What bullshit. That referee fucking sucks. Yeah, I know. I mean, the, the problem was... was uh, like. Mason squeezed my body. Like a lot of people thought it was a neck crank, but my neck felt, felt pretty fine, to be honest. But it was like he squeezed the body triangle so hard. I couldn't help but make noise. But what made it worse was I think the referee was going to let it go. But then Mason was sort of screaming. He's verbal tapping. So the ref called. Why does he need to tell like, Hey, touche. Nice, nice job, man. Anyway, you can do it. <laughs> Um, because the thing is so like I've done jujitsu right a face crank or like to me kind of a dirtbag submission you know it's not you know there's not a ton of technique it's like grab the face squeeze as hard as you can yeah it fucking hurts (laughs) but like you wouldn't tap to that if, like you you're you're gonna lose all of your teeth before you tap to that, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You have to you have to eat that. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's two. There's basically two types of ways people do jujitsu. Like, there's one where they're like they're gonna go after their opponent, try and submit their opponent, and I always think that's more of a a Westerner type of jujitsu because we always think we get ripped off by the refs, so we have to submit our opponent. And then there's the more traditional way. The Brazilian real style where they try to score a couple points and ride the clock until victory. 
So, like, uh, I mean, I definitely prefer to go for the finish. I think that's what we're trying to do here. But Mason really, I mean, I don't have anything against him. You can play it any way you want, but he really rode the clock for five minutes, ran away from me for the regulation, and then in overtime tried to perform some Steven Seagal face crank neck break once he got on my back. So I was like, I mean, you're not going to really make too many fans with that approach, but I guess you could potentially get the victory for yourself. For sure. Yeah. Now, the thing is, like, you're undefeated in Submission Underground, but, like, or you were, but, like, you don't really, that's not going to, you're not like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm not undefeated anymore. Like, you're like, all right, whatever. Like, it happens, you know? Or are you like, ah! No, no, I, I mean, I don't care. Like, uh, honestly, like, had he not, like, I, w- I would have gone on the internet and probably defended him because he was taking so much heat. So it sort of, it sort of made up for my ill feeling because when I went on the internet and I saw him sort of getting crucified and the referee getting crucified. So to me, it sort of negated the loss. Even if I did lose, I'm not too concerned about protecting the record and stuff. But I probably would have defended him. I would have been like, guys, he's up on this. But he did scream at the referee to stop the match. That's the only thing that... uh Hurting him! Prevents- stop this! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I did see his post, uh, you know, you gave him the rematch, so he wants to give you the rematch, no verbal submission. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, props, props him for doing that. I Immediately after the match, I just assumed that uh, it just would have had to happen. But yeah, it is good that he's uh, coming forward and offering the rematch and stuff. Yeah, because there, there are two types of verbal taps, you will. There's one where the guy gets tapped and like, you could see he's like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, heads down. You went, what the fuck? <laughs> really? You know, that's, you know. Ah. And so that referee has fought MMA. He's done a lot of matches with Submission Underground. I've seen him, and I saw Gordon Ryan post it. He's fucked up a few matches now. Yes. Yeah, the, one of the worst times he fucked up was with Aya Quinta, where he was setting up a twister. Yeah. So you can go from the back in overtime to a submission. But uh, I went to set up the submission, and uh, the referee called it stop because he thought uh, Mike Perry had escaped back control. So, I mean, there are some issues. I think he's a great guy and stuff, obviously a great MMA rep, but I think with some of the specific jiu-jitsu positions, you could only know if you were heavily involved in the jiu-jitsu sport, he uh, misses some things from time to time. Yeah, and now Aya Quinta has to listen to Mike Perry like, yo, I beat you. <laughs> I, I mean, at least he got beaten by Mike Perry before Perry's head trainer was his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, man, how awesome is that, though? Would you ever have your girlfriend be your head coach? No, I actually had to do it one time. In, um, I competed in South Korea, and they flew in. Uh, they won the only jiu-jitsu tournaments ever that'll fly in you and the corner. So I just brought my girl, and uh, I thought, she could just pretend a corner, but it was a real formal thing where they wanted, they kept asking me to make media appearances with my coach to train with them and stuff. And I was like, oops, I didn't take this very <laughs> seriously. I think I made a mistake. A little pretty okay. Yeah. So how is, is um all the gyms are open in the city or not yet? Or- no, no, nothing in, uh, nothing in Manhattan open. I mean, some of the guys here are saying that potentially gyms might not be open until uh, 2021. Yeah, it looks like, I mean... They what, did, like an LA Fitness and a Planet no, Fitness? No, MMA Jiu-Jitsu gyms. Yeah, but what, isn't that like a, like if you're teaching classes? 
then you can have some students. It's like, but if you're just like, go in and do whatever you want, like, no. Uh, I think Henzo's is forced to close down. Like, they cannot uh, run any classes at all. I'm pretty sure the uh, 24-hour gyms are still closed. Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. It's 24-hour gyms, like, no. If you're teaching classes, you can have small settings or some shit like that. Oh, really? I mean, they, like, it's a tough spot for those businesses because, like, I can't imagine what the rent costs in Manhattan to keep open a, a fitness yeah. center. For sure. And then I know, like, I know, yeah, but those huge planets, fitnesses, and LA, like, they have a lot of money, no? I mean, obviously they're trying to keep making money, but. You'd hope so, right? Yeah. I know Sarah shut down his gym, one of his gyms here on Long Island because of COVID. Yeah, they merged it. Uh, everyone's going to train under the same roof now or something. I was speaking to Jason Rao about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he shut down his Levittown school. He's just going to have a main hub, I guess, in uh, Huntington. I wonder how many jiu-jitsu gyms have gone down from this. I know Gary Tonin, uh he was subleasing, and the guy he was uh, subleasing off closed down his martial arts school, so Gary lost his gym as well out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I just- yeah, but I mean, I wonder, like, yeah, so obviously gyms are going to shut down, but like as soon as they get, like, everything goes back to normal, if you will, if it's just like, yep, let me just resign that lease, I already have all the gear, let's just, you know, I'm just not losing money on rent that no one's coming into my gym, you know, I wonder if it, it's going to be that easy or not. People people might be scared to uh, recommit, they'll be like wondering, like, I don't know, if the vaccine comes out and stuff, how confident would you be in it? Would you just open straight back up if you just lost a lot of money? I mean, for some people, that's their only income. So yeah, some, true, true. some people, if they have to, like, well, let's see what happens, you know? That's true, yeah. Which fucking sucks, you know? Yeah, and they just shut down California again, closed all the gyms there. They just shut down Las Vegas again. Florida. Like are, are shut down or what? I believe so. Oh, or they so might- Vegas is shut down. Is that the, do they shut down the Apex Center too? Yeah. Is it all Fight Island now? Uh, they interviewed Dana White today, like this morning, after the weigh-ins for that event. And Dana said, he's like, we don't know at this point. He's like, I'm going to finish these Fight Island shows, and we're either coming back to Fight Island, or hopefully they let us do stuff in the Apex. But as of right now, yeah, the Athletic Commission shut everything down. I don't know if they immediately closed the casinos, but they shut everything down. They shut down stores, businesses, like food places, shit like that. I know Florida, the only precaution I've seen Florida take so far is they shut down indoor dining. I think they are leave the gyms are still open there. But California, they shut down. California went back into lockdown. Did they say how long California would be locked down for? No. Well, we're going to have on uh, Bill Davis after you. So maybe we get a little insights. Everywhere is... And that's why I'm like, how the fuck did I get Corona if I do have it is it's the numbers are like flatlined in New York. Only a couple hundred cases a day, like 800 cases a day are being reported. But 40 other states are all surging right now. 40. Wow. Yeah. Florida. We're going to be we're going to be shut down forever. Yeah. They, they say Florida is like the new hub right now. Like they're getting, I think, 14, 10,000 or 14,000 cases a day, something like that, like something crazy. That's crazy. I mean, at least uh, 
if you test positive and stuff, you'll have had it and be done with it, hopefully. They don't even know at this point. Like, they said that if you have antibodies, they said, first off, the antibody, that's the thing Chris Wade was talking about, Menace. They said the antibody, They who knows, they didn't give a number on the actual test, but then they said the antibody test is 50-50. Well, they were telling you, hopefully you have the antibody test next, what, two weeks from now? Yeah, they sold, They told me, take the na- nasal swab, which was fucking horrible. <laughs> horrible. And then- you should have filmed it from Muslim show nobody wants to see me get a fucking nasal swab maybe yes, no nah, maybe if you're getting tested but Especially if you were snarling and the ugly face you probably made that's, <laughs> that, that's just that's just my face um <laughs> so they said the nasal swab will come back depending on the results of that whether it's negative or positive they said i should come back in two weeks and get the antibody test and then they said the if this thing comes back like inconclusive or wrong like a false positive or something they said come back and get the antibody test because maybe i have it and the test results won't show they were pretty they were like you might you might not we'll see come get you know another test they pretty much don't know what's going on where did you go um city md because you can walk and there was there any research before you went you were just like let me just go city md they were the closest place testing okay yeah, like right now, I definitely feel better. I like napped and shit most of the day, but I was like, my energy has been in waves. Like I'll get up and start doing something, and then I'll be like, wow, I'm like fucking shot right now. After I heard like, like a a thing. Yeah, after like two or three minutes, I'll be like, man, I'm fucking done right now. I got to go back to sleep. Yeah, yo, COVID is hitting all the podcasters pretty hard. Hey, yeah, Brendan, uh, Brendan Sharp, Brian Callahan. <laughs> And we just talked about that last week, and I was like, "Fucking idiots!" And then, uh, no, yeah, and then, and then you got, you got the curse. <laughs> yeah, I cursed myself. Dan, when did I hang out with you last? Like two weeks ago? Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> um, we didn't hang out, but last whatever that was, I brought the beers over to Great South Bay. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. You're but, safe. Yeah, fucking safe. Yeah, I don't get... I either got it from... I mean, 4th of July, if it stayed, like, dormant in my my body for 10 days, or I got it from going to BJ's and getting those savings. So. <laughs> it sucks. But... Were you wearing a mask, Dan? What'd you say? Yeah, I, I've Were been... wearing a mask? Yeah. I, now, at first, I was like, oh, fuck these masks, but then they made everywhere... You can't go in without a mask. Right. And then you get all those do-gooders that are like, no, it's not for you. It's for me and for the people I love and save the people that are, you know, immune compromised and whatnot. So, instead of arguing with people, I'm just like, all right. Because I even called bullshit on this coronavirus a little bit. I was like, it definitely. Where are you at with it? Where am I? I mean, I really don't know, to be honest. Like, I feel like it's like impossible for us to analyze at least for a couple of years from now. Like I was reading some crazy shit about excess deaths because like uh, what a lot of the states categorize just general deaths as COVID deaths if you test positive and stuff. Uh-huh. Like a, a lot of the research is real. Like it's hard to get an understanding of it when um, the news sources are so political about it. Yeah. They said that New York has skewed numbers or had skewed numbers because they were doing that. They said Florida doesn't have that. 
Like they said in Florida, they're not doing that marking every death as a COVID death or marking everything as COVID. Because even that, I think people aren't really dying right now for some reason. But I, I, people are dying, but not at the same rate as they were dying in New York. Yeah, I heard the only thing people can look at accurately now is excess deaths. So just comparing the deaths this year in, say, March, April, compared to last year and to see how far above average they are regardless of how they categorize it, just to get an idea of how many more people are dying right now. Because the tests and stuff, like you found out, it's pretty uh, 50-50 on the results, right? Yeah. I mean, we had Chris Wade on last week. He was saying that, how, like, the results are inconclusive and 50-50. And then I read about it before I went and got the test, and that's what I saw in most of the articles. Like, the CDC, granted, they're, like, fucking political shills, and they've been pretty inaccurate with a lot of their shit so far with the coronavirus, they said the tests are 50-50. They said actually the nasal swab is like 97%, but who knows? And then they said the antibody test is 50-50. So the antibody test like waste of time pretty much. So they're saying, because they said if you live, I don't know what it meant, but they said like if you live in an area where it's prominent, which I guess is almost the whole country at this point, they said, uh, it could the results could be inconclusive or fifty fifty, which I don't know if that I means. Just, I hope I don't have to get that nasal swab one day. I mean, it, it was looks, looks great. Well, nah, it's, um, it's a one two three. They have a technique to it. They tell you to open your eyes wide, keep breathing through your mouth, and then when it goes in, you have that moment where you're like, "Oh fuck!" and you like shut down. Then he goes, "Keep breathing, keep breathing." <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, Stan, I'm so mad you didn't record yourself. Are you? I thought about it, but then I was like, uh Yeah, I did think about it. One of the stories. If if I was the uh if I was the nurse or the doctor giving the test and I saw people filming, I'd sort of make it more unpleasant for the camera. Well no, I'm saying Stan hold it with a selfie. Stan doesn't have an entourage. It's just him, dude. Like <laughs> selfie style fucking COVID test. I could That's true. They could make it worse, though. You know, even if, if he starts filming, they're like, I'm going to fuck yeah, yeah. this guy. Can... <laughs> oh, you, oh, yeah. God, you see the shots that like Stan's taken? You mean, do you know how many times I've punched Stan as hard as I could in the stomach? On be- only, only because we were recording? Someone sent me a video today that I've never seen before. I uh, told him to send it to you. Yeah. Of me getting punched. Of me, yeah. me getting punched in the stomach. Hang on, Stan, that night, real quick, obviously put the clip up later. What, that guy said he can, like, hit harder than me or something like that? Or you were like, I can take your punch? Like, no problem. No. If I remember correctly, I think he was breaking your balls about, like, punching hard. And then you were like, you could hit Stan. And I was like, yeah, you can fucking hit me. Line up some shots. And the guy gave us, like, free drinks. He walked Uh, around, and we were like, hit me. And then after he hit me, I was like, that's it? And then you were like, let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> so, Craig, if you want to help, you want a couple, you want to give a free shot, you just got to buy Stan, like, one beer. <laughs> That's it, one beer for a yeah. buddy shot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad deal. Yeah. They don't hurt that bad. They don't hurt that bad, as long as it's not in the face. But, uh, so, Craig, so what's, so, are you getting a, like, quick turnaround rematch, or what, have they said anything about that? I think yeah, I think we're gonna go for August thirtieth. I'm trying to push right. I'm trying to push for a ten minute match because it's like five minutes is just 
it's hard to get someone going against a, uh, a person that's not engaging. So that's the that's the plan. That's so I'm trying to hustle Chael Sonnen. If you guys speak to him, say, 10-minute match. We need at least a few more minutes on this Oh, one. we'll speak okay. to him. We'll speak to him. Because they said it would be the trilogy, no? It would be the trilogy, yeah. So we had a we had a match back in 2019 at ADC. The moment where he should have scored two points, but the referee didn't give it to him. So what happened was then, because he didn't score those points, he shot a takedown later in the match. And I was able to finish a guillotine off. So the whole the whole argument was basically he wouldn't have taken that shot and got choked if the referee had given him his points. So both matches have been well, contentious. I'm gonna throw out something wild right now. Since it is the trilogy, a thirty minute match. Yeah, I'm down for that. I, I mean yeah, I would go no time limit, but I think he would uh I think he lacks the uh the, the shorter time frames. But we can find well, out. If you don't think we're gonna clip this and put a little pressure on him. Yes, I like it. <laughs> get get the you know, what do the fans want? Ten minute match, thirty minute match, no time limit. Hey, it's a trilogy. That's it. we'll do no time limit, no verbal submissions. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Dan tag chail. He'll see it. Oh, yeah. We'll slide this right to Parsons. Parsons will walk right up to Chael and be like, look what I got. And then they'll be like, I got an idea. I got an idea. Tag team. Craig Jones, Dennis Bermudez versus what's-his-face and you, Stan. Who I'll be Mason Fowler's tag team partner. And then you know what and then, and then you know what I would do? I would verbally submit. I go, ugh! Make some grunts. But there is no verbal submission, so I'm just face cranking you till blood is just gushing everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anything else before we let Craig uh, go? Stan? Nah, I mean, we got what we wanted. We got a good couple laughs out of him. We talked some submission <laughs> underground. But yeah, uh, just stay healthy out there, Craig. And we'll definitely clip this up. We'll definitely. So, you know, Parsons, we said it to you last time, I believe. Parsons is Dennis's guy. Yep, yep. So you shoot any shots with us, and we'll slide right in there. And Parsons loves menace, so we. Uh, yes, there's a Vince Parsons. Yeah, th- there's a chance we might have. He him. lived in Australia back in the day. Yeah, that's right. He's got an Australian wall. Yeah, yeah. There's a chance menace and the man might have a little influence on Shale and Parsons. Oh, little, little bit. Yes. So, um, so before when you saw me looking away, I was answering a text. One of our sponsors, uh, Movement BJJ, wants to make a one-of-one Craig Jones shirt only for you if you want it. That sounds cool. Yeah, definitely. I just got to double-check with him that he's, you know, he's got some pretty, you know, different art. I think you'll like it. Who doesn't want a one-of-one shirt of themselves? You know what I mean? That's Just for sure. I don't know. If you saw me on Instagram today, I'll wear anything as well. <laughs> oh, well, even that. Before we let you go, you can let people know about your OnlyFans. Let them know how to find it. Let oh, them know how- you have an OnlyFans, Greg? No, no. That was a joke. Yeah, I, that was I, a joke. <laughs> no, is that actually funny. Someone had a good idea. Someone commented on that, on that picture today. They're like, uh, this isn't OnlyFans. This is only mates. Yeah. <laughs> You got like a rash guard from somewhere, so you, or not a rash guard, a bodysuit or a wrestling singlet with no, with no shorts. Yeah, it was like it was a 
it was barefoot. These guys made jujitsu gear. They sent me a women's one piece swimsuit. So I just put it on pretend it's a wrestling segment. Yeah. I love that. Oh yeah, the, a lot of the internet loved it too. <laughs> too much. <laughs> we gotta get together, with Craig Jones. We need to have a day. We need to. We need to have a. Yeah, once this thing lifts up, because yeah, we we even talked a little bit. To oh, ha- hang on, yeah, Craig, you ain't trying to hang out with Stan. He's all kinds of look at him. <laughs> Come on, look how pale he is. I'm, I'm a good time, Craig. You get, he's gonna survive for sure. Yeah, and then even we talked to Henzo a little bit today. He was possibly gonna jump on tonight, but maybe for next week. But yeah, we we got to get back into Henzo's. Yeah, shoot the shit with yeah. the guys. We were back. We, we were there last May. We talked to Henzo. Yeah, do it. Steve Maraboli. can take over the office and stuff. Yeah, that's what we like to do. All right, Craig, you're the man. Thank you for the time. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Absolutely. Big fan of that guy. Yeah. He- <laughs> yeah, I felt like, you know, we usually keep him for an hour. We kept him for a little shorter this time. Yeah, I think because uh, I think he's so down with Menace and the Man, he's going to be a very recurring guest. Yeah, yeah. Does he reuse any of the clips, or he just likes he puts likes him, us? He puts them up in the stories, follows the page and whatnot. He's picking up what we're putting down. Absolutely. We need. Uh, I mean. What I mean, Brian should definitely have some leopard print on that shirt, right? What are some ideas? I meant to ask him, like, what you kind of, what are you into? He should have some what print? Leopard print. Um. Ooh, like imagine like the sleeves are leopard. Wow. Because he he's competed a few rash guards like that, right? Leopard, leopard's like his thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then just like, listen, I. I would imagine Brian Michelino, the creator of Movement BJJ, knows more about Craig Jones than me and you. Yeah, I I know a good amount, but he definitely he probably knows. knows like, oh yeah, he'll love this. Yeah, you just put "fuck Craig Jones" hashtag "fuck Craig Jones" on the rash guard somewhere. You can put <laughs> that's Craig Jones's thing. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think. Hang on. Of course, I'll make him one. Ask him what he wants on it. He's got a shirt that says "Fuck Craig Jones." Laugh out loud. Yeah. So maybe even whatever on the front and shit, and then like "Fuck Craig Jones" on the back, like a jersey. Yeah. Yeah, Mitchell, you know, can make up some ideas, but yeah, we should have asked him what he wants on it. But I'm sure he would have said, "Whatever, whatever, whatever," you know, with the accent. So did you shoot Phil Davis? The I just sent him the link. All right, big big Phil. He should probably be getting in here. A couple you minutes. Know, anytime soon. Yeah, big, but big, big Phil, Phil Davis, he's got to be. He's a little older now, right? No, I think he might still be young. Maybe thirty four, thirty five, no. or he's older than that. Yeah, no, maybe thirty five might be it. Thirty five, thirty six ish. Huh. I just remember in college, like. Oh, I'm going to put my shades on just, just in case he comes back in here. Uh, watching Phil wrestle, I was just like, the man's a freak. And when you're in, when you're next to him in person, like, you know how Kyle Sermonera's wide? Like, his shoulders are fucking, like, this wide. Yeah. 
like Phil has a little bit more. And his his like thighs and quads, I feel like if I went like this, I could maybe fit her all in here. They're huge. Yeah. But he's tall, so they don't look as, you know, fat. Yeah. So real quick before he does jump in, you didn't watch 251 or you did watch 251? I watched a couple fights. Y- your boy Usman's not getting the respect. People got to put some respect on Usman's name. What do you, what are they saying? What Just, they you know, like pretty much that whole card uh, fans were not happy with. They were pretty much like, you know, boring, uh, snoozemen. I did, I did see you tweet or put something up about like, he's controlling a man who knocks people out. Yeah. And you gave like a, you know, an applause emoji, no? Yeah, something like that. Like, if you can't stop what's being done to you, like, and I said, like, uh, I th- like that's a skill. Yeah, like Jessica Rose Clark was, she, uh, we got to get her back on too, because she's hysterical. She, like, argues with fans all day almost, yeah. like, goes back and forth with them on Twitter. So she was arguing with fans, and I jumped into the conversation, and they were like, oh, this is so boring, and blah, blah, blah. And she wrote, like, oh, you know, like, he won. Like, what do you mean? And then I wrote, like, if you can't stop what's being done to you, that's your fault. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. telling Usman to stop doing what's working and winning rounds is like, you know what, Adesanya, get taken down. Khabib, stop grappling. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm going right. to I'm gonna do how I win the fight because I move forward if I win. Right. If I start swinging wild and get knocked out by Masvidal, Masvidal wins. You know what I mean? He becomes. It, it, it's like it's like if if you put a fighter in there with a tiger and the guy somehow jumped on the tiger's back and just rode it for fifteen minutes, people would be like, "Really? That's all? That's all you're gonna do is just ride the tiger?" Yeah, you, you know, MMA fans are a hard audience. Oh, they fuck. Hang on. You could say it. They suck. Some of them suck. suck. Some of them yeah. suck. Hundred percent. The keyboard warriors and the people like that, like the Cheeto finger is what they always call them. Like the guys who are like, oh, man, why doesn't he just get up? Because he can't. He can't. He's being held down. Why does- and unless you've done it and you know what it requires to keep that man down or prevent him from moving, you have no clue. Even that, people were like, some people are like, oh, my God, Masvidal sucks. You can't even get off the fence. Usman's keeping him there. Masvidal. <laughs> Masvidal's got some of the best, like even that, people were shitting on even Usman's takedowns. Like, oh, I couldn't even take Masvidal down. Masvidal's really tough to take down and keep down. Yeah. He spent, whatever his record is and whatever, he spent 16, 17 years working on takedown defense. Yeah. It's bound to be decent. It's actually pretty fucking good. Well, I mean, he he used to be roommates with Colby, who's a high-level wrestler. Yeah, and even Colby was an underachiever because of, like, problems outside of wrestling. Like, for Colby to be a one-time All-American and a junior college national champion, he was an underachiever. Yeah. He, like, had he transferred a few times. Like, he had a bunch of problems with the law, coaches, all types of shit in college. But, yeah, craziness. And then even... The Peter Yan Aldo fight went too long. Everyone's in an uproar about that, which it did. 
But oh, the the time it took to call the fight. Yeah, he, so he got dropped at like four forty, and then the fight didn't get stopped until one hundred and ten unanswered strikes later. Wow. Yeah, the referee told him. I think I saw someone post it. The referee told him to do something or move or show me something eleven times. And then you look at other fights, like another example we'll use, like Colby Covington versus Usman. You know, Covington got dropped, started getting hit on the side and back of the head, put his hand up, was completely defending himself, and they stopped that fight, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, it really is tough, you know? Being being a ref is – it's it's definitely tough, you know what I mean? So, like, at the end of the day, like – there's been a couple of calls. I'm like, really, dude? And then they, he's trying to protect me. I get it. But some fights, they're protecting you. Some fights, it's like, dude, perfect example, your fight with Korean Zombie versus Frankie Yeager's fight with Korean Zombie. Right. You know, they were like, Frankie, you got this. Uh, 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 Come I, on, Frank. Like, yeah. I got money on you, Frankie. Pull it together. <laughs> yeah. Like, he still showed me something. He was still moving. That's all he yeah. showed you. He was still physically moving. He wasn't doing anything to improve himself or win that fight. Oh, even that. So the lady got Brittany got back to me. She said Frank Yeager could do tomorrow, which I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'll see. I mean, if you want to do it, or I'll see if he could do next Tuesday. Because he's a guy that we just got to shoot the shit with him for like 20 minutes, and then he's a lifer. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then we'd be like, you know, slide menace your number. You guys are going to get together. If we, do, if we can do like after eight. Yeah. I could do 20 minutes after eight o'clock. All right. I'll shoot that shot and see what happens. See what comes of it. Because I'm actually like a really big. I'm a fucking pretty big Frankie Edgar fan. Oh my god, huge. The thing is, because like, I remember like training stuff like that, and people being like, man, I'd love to see you against Frankie. I'm like, yeah, that'd be dope, but like, I don't really want to fight Frankie. But I knew like the trajectory of like beating Frankie, though, you know? Yeah. Everyone wants that fight. It would be a dope fight to get ready for, but the actual idea of fighting him, like, who knows? I think I made him. Maybe, maybe the menace can't get a takedown. Maybe the menace gets dropped. You know, it could be. A tough night. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I had to take him down like a million times type deal, you know? Yeah. And he, he, he he's no slouch in the wrestling department, the striking department. Actually, beat me. You wrestled before. You did? Actually, I'm going against Frank Gaylor on two different occasions. Where'd you guys I- Where'd you wrestle? So before I started even, like, I was in the MMA world that wasn't the UFC. It was me, Frankie Edgar, and Kerry Colott up in Journeyman, Albany, doing, like, a in-to-out-one type deal. So, but, so, I would go in on Frankie, while Frankie was... No, Frankie was coming in on me, and then I was getting in on Carrie. So, Carrie Colott was beating Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar was beating me, and then me and Carrie Colott were like 
close. You know? But I was going on Carrie, who I've ever been in one, so he's probably looking for a breather after kind of sticking to the Frankie. Frankie'd be out one, coming on me, fresh. Yeah, and I remember, you know? didn't they try to bring you in one time when he was fighting Mendez? That, that, well, yeah, so he was fighting Chad Mendez. They asked me to come in and train with him. I was like, dude, I'm there. In my head, like I plan on fighting you. I'm not trying to train, like, hang out with you for a week so you guys can. If I had my team with me too, for sure. But that's not real, you know. Um. Well, and also, like, Frankie didn't hit me up personally. Yeah, and then, well, then so it was like his coach hit up like Lafleur. Then his coach tried hitting up me. It tried going through my management. It was like. Their management tried going to my management. I was like, Frankie, tell me you want to hang out with me and you want me to fucking help you get better. Call me up, bro. Call me up, bro. But, um, Um, but in all, but the real thing was like, dude, you're on my radar. Yeah. Cause I think I called him out shortly after that, no? Yeah. You called him out. I think you called him out after Kawajiri. No, after uh, Honey Jason. Yeah, I know it was one of those ones. And you were like, Frankie Edgar, November, Madison Square Garden. And then you walked off. Frankie, I, and I said the wrong date. Oh, did you? It was like, no, it was like November 13th. I said the 12th. And November 12th, MSG. But like Chell said, I didn't give the why. Yeah. And you, and you gave the wrong dates. They were like, yeah, well, someone probably laughed and was like, yeah, we'll book oh, it. Oh, 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 I was getting tweets on that. I was getting made fun of. Yeah. All right. We'll book it for, like, the, we'll book it for the 12th. Yeah. Like people were tweeting like, Dennis Brewer is going to fight Frank Edgar in the parking lot of MSG. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh, that's a good one. That might have been before you could like edit things. Actually, it was like a fucking video clip. I couldn't like, hey, UFC, like, dub over 13. It's not real. Can you guys take that clip down? Yeah. Uh, here's your boy Phil Davis. Oh, good old Phil Davis. Coming live. We forgot to ask Craig to turn his phone to when he was on. Oh, yeah. Phil, give us a little horizontal action. We want to see all of you. Phil? Phil. Oh, reconnection. We be zooming these days. Stan, I can't wait to punch you again. If I make it. Phil? Oh, he's having troubles. We lost. He's out. A little bit of technical difficulties. It's a tough time. Phil! There we go. Hi, dude. How we doing, gents? Man, so I'm wearing sunglasses and the soak. I'm, no, I'm trying to be SoCal right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you're very SoCal. Yeah. <laughs> well, Phil Davis, welcome to Menace and the Man. Stan the Man. All right. Dennis the Menace. And now we're joined by Mr. Wonderful. Shit just got wonderful here at Menace and the Man. Mr. Wonderful. Holy shit. Yeah, Stan. man. I, I, I. I've done 
Oh, hold on, you're freezing up there, Phil. I've done nothing in the middle, man. Oh, hold oh. on, hold on. Now we, now we got you. What'd you say, Phil? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, connect to the Wi-Fi, dude. Or, Stan, right? Sometimes when, you know, you're watching an X-rated video, if you disconnect from the Wi-Fi, comes in, you know, there's no skipping or anything like that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, you heard that from a friend, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi shit. I'm asking for a friend, of course. Oh, man. Phil, I miss you, dude. Yeah, how you been? Pretty good, pretty good. Had a little, you know, so... Phil, you're actually one of the reasons why I was like, I think I can go pro at this. I think I could have a run at this fucking fighting thing. Seriously. Nice. Yeah. Man, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're not the first person to say that. And it just, uh, man, if you know, it feels good that, you know, we can share in that together. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, watching you wrestle in college, I'm like, this guy is a fucking complete animal. And I remember when I found, first found out you were like, Doing MMA, you already had a few fights. So I was on YouTube watching every single fight. Like this guy's there a chance. Like even though I know like the outcome, you know, and you're just fucking murking people. Uh, and I was telling Stan, like you know Kyle Sermonera, right? Yeah, Kyle Sermonera. Yeah. yeah. So Kyle's got he's got fucking super wide shoulders. And, and, oh yeah. And Stan knows Kyle. I'm like, Bill, my man, yeah. Bill, little wider, and only because he's tall, you can't yeah. tell. Exactly how fucking big his thighs <laughs> are. Like you're a freak of nature, dude. Thank you. Kyle, you know, actually, Kyle, you're right. Kyle's a little bit shorter, definitely a little bit wider. Man, he he's he's put together. He's built yeah. like built like a Greek god, Kyle. How do you know KC? What's that? How do you know KC from uh, obviously wrestling? Yeah, uh, you know what? He and I, man, we 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 have missed each other. We've never wrestled. We have missed each other our entire lives. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. guys, you guys were around <laughs> the same weight. We are at the same weight. Yeah. 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 We've missed each other every time, which is cool. It's cool to have somebody like that that you just never wrestled. Just <laughs> yeah. always cool. Yeah. Uh, but did you guys meet out? You just you guys just would just see each other at tournaments or at the OTC or both, both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, Casey's awesome. He lives like not even two miles from me. It's awesome. You down? You in South Florida right now? No, I'm in Long Island. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he lives like just a town over. Sometimes I I run to his house. We go on his boat for the day. Come back, run home. So. Oh man, I didn't know it was like that. We up, y'all go fishing, or y'all just go out there boozing? Um, when oh, I go with Kyle, we, you know, well, he's got a he's yo, he's got a great. He gets he has a half gallon Yeti. He yeah. does vodka, crystal light, and water. So he, he makes crystal light and water. He makes lemonade, which is like zero calorie, sugar free, and then he yeah. does Tito's. It's amazing. If me and him finish off, we're like, all right, let's go home. We're good. No calories, really. Not. Nah. Gotta figure it you're out. out. You're out there in the sun. You're burning calories. Yeah. You come home yeah. lighter than you went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
But uh, yeah, you know, I, I'd like to be included in one of those uh, one of those trips when I come out that way. One million percent. <laughs> I would love to have you on this boat. He takes uh, everybody. It does he? Loves it. Oh man, loves it. But uh, was, no, I remember. I remember I was working two jobs. I started fighting a little bit, and I called you before I took a nap in a parking lot just because for twenty minutes I was like, "Hey man, I'm doing this fighting thing." Like you were just like, "Yeah, you got it. Let's do it." And I was like, "All right." Like, I could do it. <laughs> like, I trained like I could do it. You're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Now, you know, any anybody that has that wrestling grind, that anybody who does it at a high level, man, like it's the same. It's the exact same. You have so much carryover, so you're going you're, oh, right off the bat. You're going to be good. It's just a matter of learning the rest of the skills you need to take you to the mountaintop. Well, there's that, but there's some guys that just can't take the hit. Yeah, yeah, but they're real thick. That's a real thing. Being super tough, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You remember Mike Cease, Michael Cease? He's a Pennsylvania guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little guy. So I was training with him a little bit. I got, like, yo, Mike, do, come do some fights with me. He went two and two amateur. Did he? he went wow, two. he's a savage. The one time he took a dude down, he punched the guy so much that his arms got fucking fried, zapped. Like, we're like noodles. And he couldn't even, like, keep his hands up to defend his face when he got back. Oh. Man. You know? <sighs> Which is... You know what? I, I, I had to tell you, that probably would have happened to me if the first... I don't know. I, I did... How many... I think I did four amateur fights. And they all were, like, you know, freaking... They were... Two minutes, something you like somewhere threw around. a man out of the f- the cage. <laughs> I watched the interview. You're like, is it legal to throw him? Do I win if he goes out of the cage? It should be like old school Tekken. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get a ring out. That's a round for me. You know, that's <laughs> the same thing. It's the same thing. It was actually, but it was in a ca- it was in a ring. It was. A- <laughs> I Yo. inside tripped this guy through the ropes. Dang. And I rode him like a sled onto his head. <laughs> At the end of the first round. <laughs> oh, God. He came God. out in the second. I beat him up in the second. And then uh, it was for the shine fights. Mm-hmm. It was like three fights in one night. Right. Yeah. But shit, man. So what? So... You were, so when I hit you up, you were training at the Nitty Lion. Uh, it was called uh, right? Lionheart. Lionheart. Lionheart, yes. Yep. It was you. Who was that cat from wait, uh, wait. Pittsburgh? Did, did you just Coker. Make, did you just make up Nitty Lion? Yeah, he made that up. <laughs> that, that was made up. Yeah. Oh, Confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed. That was made up. Oh, hang on. Uh, Penn State, it was the Nitty Lions. Anyways. So it was you and, fuck, who's that cat from Pittsburgh? Coker. Matt Coker. Whatever happened to him? He never wanted to fight. He just wanted to train. Oh. Because I wrestled at my very first college wrestling match in a duel was against Matt Coker. And they're like, he was was mean. You know, he's a seven. I'm not a seven pounder. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, he, he was a nice enough guy. I mean, Cool guy, loves a good time, but that sucker was mean on the wrestling bat. 
Yeah, he w- he he majored me like thirteen to two. I think I just got out twice. Oh, wasn't wasn't good. Ugh. It and we were at Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, now see, he was showing off for his wife. Yeah, he. Had, oh, was he married at the time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Most likely. Damn. Is he still married? Um. Uh, I, b- I believe he. Uh, I, I believe he. His, uh, his, uh, his wife passed. I believe. Oh damn! Yeah, real sad. Yeah. because uh, he's a goddamn. How many times All American was he? At least three. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah. But so so Stan. So it's my very first wrestling match. We take a bus, a coach bus into Pittsburgh. You know, somehow we get our hands on like the pamphlet for the night. I see my mm-hmm. opponent. He only had a mustache. Like he grew. Remember that? <laughs> like I'm like, dude, this guy's awesome. Like, and he's in the returning All American. Like, fuck. Yep. Fuck. Yep. Oh, goddamn redshirt freshman uh, with a handlebar mustache. Well, like now that you just said that, he must have shaved it yesterday. We just had Craig Jones on before you, the jiu-jitsu guy. He um he had a handlebar mustache yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. I th- I don't think he had it today, right? He didn't have that. We would have noticed that. You, you just talked to him. Yeah, I don't like just it, that. Just happened. Yeah, I don't no, know. He, had, he had like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, he must have shaved. I would have noticed it. But yesterday, you, you looking, you're looking at his Instagram from yesterday. <laughs> well, I saw he posted a photo of him in like a singlet. Oh, okay. Like a thong, a thong singlet. That's pretty awesome. Talking about how he's gonna have an OnlyFans account. Because no. he just lost a grappling match. Who did he lose? Mason Fowler at Submission Underground. Okay. Like controversial though. Yeah. The, the referee stopped the fight off of called what he called a verbal submission because the guy Mason Fowler had a body lock and a face crank, and Craig Jones went ugh. So the referee stopped the fight and was like, "You tap." And he was like, "I didn't fucking tap." What are you talking about? But, but Phil, you know at that level, like, let's say, you know, they call a fight, and the, and you get to look like this, like, dude, what the fuck? They're like, oh, yeah. Probably shouldn't have called that. Probably shouldn't have called it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, when you give the real verbal tap, and they stop, you're like, all right, like, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, thank you. But thank when you, you look up and go, what the fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like, oh, my bad. Yo, so tell me this. They... They can restart the match, but they don't do it often. No. I think it depends on the state, though, too. Now, I know the rules have changed uh, a bunch just since I've been fighting, but I've definitely seen that happen, and I don't know. Maybe that is that is that. I guess that's a question to one of you, to one of you guys. Is that one of the rule changes that's taken place? Um, I'm not sure. I only time I can really remember it happening in the UFC was remember back in the day, Sakuraba got beat by Conan Silveria in Japan, and they were like, "No, no, no, we're yeah. re- we're restarting this fucking match." They were like, "Why?" And they were like, "Because the crowd's about to riot." Because <laughs> it was like one of those like he didn't really tap, but he was about to be armbarred, right? And then they restarted the match, and Sakuraba won. And then they were like, "Yeah, this one's official. Forget about the other result." <laughs> right, but other well, that than that, was, they had goddamn fucking 
a gang running the fucking show over there, no? Um, probably the Yakuza was involved in somewhat. I think you meant allegedly there was a gang running the show. Yeah, right? I I know those guys. They're stand-up guys. But allegedly, you know, people say it. Well, you know. I have heard that. I have heard that. Like, all my friends I call, you know, I'm getting with the gang tonight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me and the gang, you know? Yeah, 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 babe, going out with the gang. (laughs) It's just a thing people say, really. (laughs) So, Stan, one thing you may not know, like, Phil's like one of those guys. Like, he's fucking, he's funny, he's down to earth. Like, you can't get him offended. He's a jokester. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm, you, you had already, I think, you might have already left for California. And I was like, yeah, I want to start hanging out with this guy. Because, so here's how I got Phil's number. My, Phil's dad would go into a flower shop yeah. my mom worked at frequently. Or not frequently, just whatever. And, you know. You know, well, you know my dad's a player. So, you know, he, yeah. he's constantly, you know. Shooting shots, you know, buying flowers. Well, so. yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He, so he's you know, and obviously he's super proud of his son, you know. So he's there like, the hey, my son, because I think my mom probably fucking hung up like a fight poster of me or whatever, and he's like, yep. or you know. So I think it started even with wrestling. Like my son wrestled, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure it did. My son wrestled Penn State, like oh, my son wrestled Bluesburg. You know, they're both Division One. Like okay, so we're like on this like yeah platform. We you know. We can talk a little bit. Because you know when people are like, oh, my son wrestles, like, where? Like, uh, he's on JV. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what grade's he in? He's a senior. Like, uh, okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. No, you, that, that's totally my dad. He, I mean, he has, like, a, a network uh, of people that he just, like, uh, cause my dad retired probably 2002. That sounds about right. 2002. So after that, he was just like living life, you know? And, uh, I'm pretty sure he just thought he was doing what most people do, send their kid to college. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, wish, wish me the best. Send me off. Here's some, uh, money for groceries, all of that. Be like, oh, man. Okay. You're doing good. You're doing good in the wrestling team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, you, you won wrestle on time. All right, you're going to wrestle? Cool, I'm coming. Okay, you're getting good. You know, like, and then as this whole thing, my whole college career was unfolding, and uh, Dennis Dennis kind of knows. Like, I was pretty, I was decent in, in high school, but not like, well, not like that. So that like, flower shop was a U-Sticks. Yeah, U-Sticks. And he they had a, two kids that yeah. were animals. Complete yeah. savages. Yep. yep. Who was it? Uh, Alex. Ivan and Alex. Yep, Ivan and Alex. And, uh, yeah. The, oh probably God. the reason why your dad with that flower shop to talk wrestling. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That was it, bro. That's what I was going to tell you. He has a network of people where he he gets that social outlet. He's just talking to people about wrestling. And especially when they got kids that wrestle, too. It's like, oh, how'd yeah. your kid do this week? Oh, they're going against Clarion this week. You know, the Clarion right. was pretty tough. You know, like, Liz for that, dude. Yeah. But in high school, you weren't the freak you were in college? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was all right. I was all right. I was not like... No state titles. No. State semis? Yeah. No state titles. 
I know. So my mom, like, good thing she was I wrestling in high school when you guys were. The thing is, I was maybe at the end. I feel like you might have been at mid pins when they still had mid pins. Oh, that's the the yeah. I wrestled in that. I I lost to fuck. Who's your guys? He bounced to a different a. Couple weight classes. He had two older brothers. He wrestled for Penn State. I think he became a national man at 65. He's probably like two years younger than me. I'm two years younger than you. His one brother wrestled at Lockhaven. You say the last name. I'll fucking. Yep, that's it. Let's see. Right, right? Quentin Wright? Quentin Wright. His older brother wrestled for Lockhaven when okay. I was in high school. He, yeah, he wrestled he, he was beating me to like all American, if you will, for the mid pens. Yeah. Or like to place. Yeah. He was beating me, so I went for broke. I tried to side the headlock and he went, not today. And he fucking <laughs> ended up backing me. Oh man. Like in the third I'm down, like it was like seven, three. You know, I couldn't like really, you know, so I was like, fuck it. I went for it, he was like right to my back, pinned me. I was like, Ugh. and they quit right. <laughs> End up becoming, you know, he's the best of all of them, right? Yeah, of course. By far. By far. You know what's crazy? Uh, we were just talking. Who was I talking with? Maybe, maybe Ed or, or someone else. But when you look back from like when Pig State started getting really good, and I was kind of like the catalyst that kicked it off. After that, it was like in a row, it was like Quentin Wright. Who was a two-time national champ, and at, like now, like there's there's just been so many champs, multiple-time champs. Somehow he gets like lost in the shuffle. That man was dope. Right, was <laughs> long legs, man. You couldn't yeah. do nothing with this well, guy. He, he was did, like a spider. His actual physique, in terms of like muscle mass, you're like, yeah, I got him. But like this yeah. dude would be like, nope. Oh. Nope. You think, is there any chance he got the Phil Davis fucking cradle? Like, no. dude, like. Bro, this man, he's Gumby. He's just like, you could, it, it, it was, for as long as he was, guys that are usually that tall and long don't really have that, like, strong takedown power. And he, man, he'd take you down and he would just ride you. Yeah. Man. That guy was. How, how, like, so. One of my good homies is uh, Pat Cummings, who wrestled there. He was yeah. he was three years older than you, was he? Oh, maybe Pat's thirty eight, I believe. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was four years ahead of me. Okay, so you, yeah, I was on the team when with... you came in. Yes. Okay. Correction. So Pat, Pat's my... thirty nine. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, and he just retired. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, he um, he was a senior. He was a fourth year when I was a freshman. So my redshirt year, he he was a. Uh, you know what? I don't think he redshirt. I think that's what it was. I don't think he redshirt. Uh, I think he came. Well, he went did get in, like a little bit of trouble, which fucked up some shit too. Yeah, but that was afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was afterwards. But yeah, yeah, I think he went straight through. Yeah, but his his brother, uh, fuck, the younger one or older one, younger one, uh, AJ, AJ, 
He's yeah. yeah. So like Pat's like my boy. And yeah. then like, hey, AJ, I'm like, I like you better. Because <laughs> Pat can be yeah. a fucking like dick. Oh and yeah, for sure. Who you are. Like he just has he's like he's actually like a mean person. <laughs> like he's similar probably to Koschuk. Like he only likes like Yeah. Pat a few yeah. Pat, nicest guy in the world to me. Really? Nicest guy in the world yeah, to me. It's it's Stan, if you hung out with him for more than twenty four hours, there'd be something that you did that you like. Or we just no, or like give it time, give it time. Or it would it would be like the rule of three, and we would just make fun of you the whole time. That's true too. That that's most likely what would happen. Yeah, you know how that goes. Or you AJ, got you guys would team up and make fun of me. Either way, AJ, two stud older brothers. Uh oh, you know. What? Because, Joe, uh, you have an older brother, no? I have two older brothers. And oh. did they wrestle? Uh, one of them did. So I, I was in, I started wrestling in seventh grade and middle of eighth grade. My brother was like, yeah, you know what? You're doing good at this wrestling thing. I want to give it a shot. So he oh. went out for the high school team and he's three years ahead of me. So we wrestled together my freshman year, his senior year, which was the best memories of my life. We got, we, we, we checked off everything on our list. We got it all done. We, we did back to back pins. There was a time we went to a tournament. We were on side by side mats. Like we, we slammed our guys right, in the, right, right towards uh, each other in the center. Got double pins. I fucking love that. Oh my. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, I can't wait to do this with my kids, but it yeah. will probably never happen. Like, yeah, I mean, oh man, I'm so I've got two boys. I'm constantly asking dads, like, yeah. if you don't think I don't want your dad to show, you're out of your mind. I'm constantly asking dads of like boys that like crushed it. Like, how did yeah. you make them animals? You know, you know what? My dad. Well, for starters, my dad ran track. And uh, he was a state champion hurdler. So you had good genetics off the jump, is what you're saying. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, my mom, on the other hand, she's like, she's the type of person, she'll work out, but she refuses to sweat. Like, if it causes her to sweat, she's like, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my lady is the same thing. She's like, yeah, I want to do this, but I'll start sweating. I'm like, that's the reason why. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't want to sweat. Uh, like I don't know. I, it's one of those things, man. You you get into that thing early on in life, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I get sweaty, I get sticky. I just don't want to do it. And then later on, you're like, ah, now nah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, did your dad? I did he, he? Your dad actually. So my dad used to like. We all caught him. What? What'd you do? Like, hey, boy, don't do it. Like. You know, so we walked like the straight line. Yeah. And then so one thing though, everybody reacts to things differently. You know, so for yeah. me, my, me and my brothers, like my dad didn't really come to our event. So it's like we had to really fucking do good. Like, yo, dad, yeah. I fucking pinned this guy in like 12 seconds. Like, you got to come see the next one. Yeah. I'll do it again, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, okay, same thing where your dad was like in your corner, no? Yeah. Hell, my dad was probably in your corner. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, like, 
if, if, if your parents weren't there, he, all right, son, let's go to the mat. Like, they just called you. <laughs> and, and he didn't have any wrestling background, huh? Nah. Nope. Now, you know what? Honestly, like, my dad was super supportive, but, like, it, at so, at, for, or so at first, he would, like, watch videos, instructionals, and then he would, like, like, reteach it to us, or, like, hey, suggest, like, hey, do this in this position, whatever. And then after a while, uh, quickly, we surpassed his knowledge that he could even really give to us. Right. So, after that, he was like, all right, man, just, I'll, I'll drive you guys to the tournament, so let's go. And that was it. But, I mean, in in watching it all the time and seeing high-level guys do the right thing, he probably was like, okay, that's good. That's Oh, my son's doing that. He's winning that. Like, right. By the right. time I mean, we were national champion, he was like, yep, that was a good match. Or Oh, yeah. I mean, you know how it is. The, the, the parents are they're, – they're educated. They know when it's a real two. Not yeah. my dad. <laughs> I was, yo, my dad one time pinned him. I'm like, dad, I'll get out there. I'll pin the guy real quick. You go back to work. Because he – his shop was only two miles away. So I go out there. I beat the kid like eight to two. At one point, the kid had me. And I ro- I, th- I think I did a Gramby. Yeah. And Right? So whatever. I be- kind of beat the shit out of the kid. Come on. Yo, Dad, how'd I do? He's like, I almost had you. He almost had <laughs> I'm like, what? And like, there's a few I lost. He's like, why did you stand up? Like, <laughs> What? What, do you, what do you mean? Why didn't I just stand up? Like, so that that was what I was dealing with, you know. So I was trying, yeah. yeah. Just anybody I wrestled with, like, he looked like this guy didn't know how to wrestle, but I was like, good job. Mm-hmm. You know. I also came from a smaller town where I didn't even know about Fargo until my senior year. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's. We were kind of you like know. A, a big fish in a small pond, if you will, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fargo's where it's at, man. You know, it's, it's crazy. My uh, my high school coach, man, I was so lucky, so blessed to have good high school coaches. And, um... Like Jack Hammer? Uh, wherever Jack Hammer was... Man, I trained at so many different clubs. That was a club team. That uh, was Central Dolphin, was it? Or which Dolphin was... Yeah, 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 Central Dolphin was the Jack Gamers. Uh, I, yeah, so with- I was, I remember I was visiting my mom for like in high school, right? You, you yeah. were probably all in. I was like, wherever I went, like, can I wrestle? You know, I was like, mom, there's a wrestling club. Like, all right. I think actually your dad probably hooked it up where I went into Jack Hammer and, and wrestled, you know, yeah. like, weekend or whatever. Yeah, uh, yes. You know what? Now I think about it, Central Dolphin is the Jack Hammers. Cause uh my uh my 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 little cousin Kenny Courts, you remember Kenny? Can't say I do. Uh, if I saw yeah. him, yeah, for sure. If you Where saw did he wrestle at? Central Dolphin. No, he didn't wrestle in college though. Oh yeah, he wrestled at uh uh Ohio State. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. He, did, he did all right. He did all right. He's he's actually he's still going. Still okay. going. So, uh, but yeah, he was in Jack Hammers Club. Uh, but yeah, I would train, I would train at Jack Hammers whenever I was, uh, their club was alright. I used to go there. I had a friend, uh, Tyler Shovlin and his little brother. I forget what his little brother's name was. Uh, but he used to take me over to Jack Hammers. And then after he graduated and left, I would go over to, uh, 
Northern High School for Icebreakers Club. I want to say maybe I heard of it. Yeah, and then um, then I started going to um, Angry Fish out in Pittsburgh. Damn. So, I man, I was just all over the place. I was With, all over the mess. Let's bring it back into, like, MMA-ish. Like, MMA, if you jump around between gyms, sometimes there's just, like, what they got that I don't got? Like what? You know? Right, right. Well, actually, way bigger jujitsu. I see that way more jujitsu. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Where wrestling, it was encouraged to go yeah. to other, you know, clubs and you know, mix it up. Yep. Pick up some things, but in jujitsu, it's like, what? No, you you do my style. Exactly. So it's, it is very weird. I mean, in MMA, guys are just scared to lose, you know? They're, they're scared. If if you train with them, can't fight them now. Like, uh, I mean, I have my guys that I train with, and it's like, it's like there's like a rotating list of two guys that I won't fight, you know? Who are and they? that's it. Who are they? Well, Alexander Gustafson was on the list. He retired. He's back on the list. Well, technically he's not because he's a heavyweight now. But uh Alexander Gustafson, he and I trained together for probably like six years. Yeah. I mean that'll get that'll get you on the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh right now, uh Miliano Sorti. He okay. won the last uh PFL uh million dollar tournament. Okay. And um Oven St. Pro. Okay. Like those are your homies. Those are my homies. Like I yep, get, yep. like, for me, cause I mean, you, I guess it kind of like when you start fighting and, and, and Brandon, and Brandon Vera, and Brandon Vera as well, but he's also a heavyweight. But so the Kamar Usman Gilbert Burns, where are you at with that? What are your thoughts on that? Cause they've been training together for a fucking minute. Yeah. But, you know, I can't or is, that really the, or is that the, like, you know what? I'll fight you if it's only for a title. Because I've definitely said this dudes I train with. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's a fair agreement. That's a fair agreement. And that's one of those, like, that that talk wouldn't even happen over Twitter. At least not with my boys. You know? Yeah, no, like, in the gym. Yeah. Before, like, <clears throat> you're the champion. You see your boy on the rise. Like, yo, man. Come to have that talk. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, the very first time I trained with someone's MOA class, and, it's, and I know it's going to be consecutive training. Yeah. It's almost like an unspoken thing. Like, eh, I wouldn't last my boy. I want him to do good. Right. Not by him as if it's for a title, where I have nowhere else to go up. Right. You know? You, but, so, so check it out. Um, I was training, so I would train at Alliance down in San Diego, and then I would go up and train at AKA up in uh, San Jose. And so I was doing this for probably the first four or five years of my career. And then DC got in the game. DC started training, doing well. And at one point, uh, I wasn't, I was scheduled to fight somebody else. And I got asked to fight DC. And I was like, man, like, I love DC. He, but uh, like, he's the guy who I've trained with, who I love who I respect, he and I would have a, you know, we would shake hands, be a real, it'd be a real handshake, and we'd shake hands afterwards and fight, whatever. And that's not like a, a knock against him. Was that before you were in Bellator before he was in the UFC? What's that? 
Was that before you were in Bellator and before he was in the UFC? Yeah, when we were both in the UFC. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, it, it just, I mean, and at that point, it's like, yeah, I've trained with him multiple times for, you know, months at a time. But at the same time, my main training camp is down in San Diego, and his main training camp is up in San Jose. Right. Uh, Cross train a couple times. Right, right, right. So, I mean, and, and at that point, it's like, I, I, I'd rather not, but, you know, this is the fight game. Right. So it's not, it's not like that's, once I train with you, for sure, we can't fight. Like, and if you're going to not fight somebody, I would not fight DC. <laughs> you know, he's dope. But I was like, yeah, yeah, if we got to fight him, we fight him. Let's do it. Yeah. But. And yeah, speaking of the fight game, crazy times right now. They, cl- they just closed your gym, right? They closed all gyms in California, right? Insane. Sure did. Yeah, they. I- Which is good because I got it in this morning. And now you guys are on. Oh, today was the day? Yes, sir. Today at 6 p.m. You guys are on lockdown again, right? Yeah, I'm going to go get another workout in this evening. Yeah. As soon as as soon as this is all, as soon as uh, as soon as we get off the phone here, I got I got limited time here. Oh, you Teddy, Teddy, I'm, talk, I'm talking fight game, baby. Hey, say what's up to the fellas. Hi. Hey. Hey, that's Dennis the Menace. Say hi to what's Mr. Menace. Hi, Mr. Menace. <laughs> I met your grandpa. Yeah, he knows Papa. Yeah, he knows Papa. Mm-hmm. Is Papa the best? Yeah. Is Papa your favorite? All right, now he's getting shy. Uh, hey, listen, you're going to be a YouTube sensation. You're on TV <laughs> right now. Say hi. Who do you want to give a shout out to? Who do you want to say hi to? Hey, who are your friends? Oh, he's clamming up. He's freezing up. Oh, wow. He's coming right now. Say, say hi to Mason and Manuel. What about uh, what about London? What about London? Say hi to London. No, you don't want to say. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You mom? went too far. You went too far, Dad. You talked about London. How many How many kids you got, Phil? I got. Uh, just got. two boys. Yes, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. What are they? Seven and three. I got seven and five. Oh man! So all right, we're on deck then, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a seven-year-old right there. That was the three-year-old. Oh, he's huge! Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, he's huge, man. Yikes! Yeah. 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 He, he's so, uh. That's my all right. So let's say your kids get your genetics, your height, the whole nine. Yeah, Do you? Bro. To wrestle and fight, or do you have a different sport you would rather them? So, I'm get I'm getting them I'm I'm getting them going. So Teddy, that Teddy's the one you just met, Theodore. He he's he's like mean as mean can be. He's like uh you know Johnny Hendricks mean, you know. Yeah. And uh and, and PJ is my oldest boy, Philip Junior. He's he's more like me. He's more like me. He's laid back, but he's. Definitely very competitive, but he's just he's real laid back about it. Once he likes something, he's all about it. So what's so, the move? Because my oldest, he wants to play. You know, any, any sport he's ever done a little bit of, I want to be a professional at. So like at first it was hockey, 
Now yeah. it's football. Like, Dad, let's play football. Like, uh, all right. Like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, constant. And my yeah. little guy, who's like the – he's mean and nasty. As soon as he loses, he just fucking flips out and fucking like, I'm done. I'm like, ah. Oh. I love that you're angry you lost. I just can't, like, refocus yep. it. Because I am definitely a sore loser. You, you're yep. probably the same. You know, you I... talk to me after I lost. Don't. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a sore loser. I, oh, I would okay. say I would say I'm angry, but I keep it together. I'm like, good match, sir. Well done. And I go in the back and throw my head gear. <laughs> oh, oh, no. So for me, like... I keep my cool while the camera's on. As soon as I'm past the camera, like, I'm fucking, like, ah, like, fuck yeah. Like, if, that, if my opponent sometimes, like, I've seen my opponent, like, down the hall while I'm, like, flipping out. He's like, ooh, ooh. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I remember, I remember kicking a bunch of trash cans after NCAAs, man. They just need to get the trash cans out of there. Get them out. Get them out. So, Somebody's going to kick it over. I know I wasn't the only one kicking them. Yeah. Supposedly, after the Ricardo Lamas fight, I caused $5,000 worth of damage. I'm like, I fucking kicked, like, one garbage can. Like, Alleg- allegedly. So then, after the Stevens fight, I had somebody, like, follow me, like, dumb close. I'm like, you better get the fuck away from me, dude. Like, yeah. Like, and then they had, uh, you remember Chris Perino? Yeah. He came and was like, listen, they said, you know, you did a bunch of damage in New Mexico after your law, or not, not New Mexico, in, in, uh, uh, Mexico City after your loss to Raw. So like, you're like one of the guys they, you know, keep a close eye. I'm like, fuck. Get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Now I am going to do something. <laughs> like, like, they said you did like 10, 5,000. Like, no, I that got me mad. I was like, mm-hmm. I fucking didn't. I fucking threw like one garbage can. Fuck out of here. What was the garbage can? Like fucking Gucci shoes or some shit? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I got like that only one time. Well, I, I wouldn't even say that bad, but I, after I lost to the shot, Evans, right? Fought the shot. That was, he was my first loss. And, uh, I get to the back and I'm like, hey, you you know what's crazy? Like, was that belt or UFC? UFC. UFC. Early. I completely got my butt handed to me, but I I wasn't beat up. I was just, I just got beat really good, you know. But guy, he was much better. And I was like, crap, man. I always thought if I lost, I would, I would, man, I'd get the hell beat out of me. Like, yeah. but I. I was complete to maximum exhaustion, and I was, I was so mad. So we're doing the medical checks, and this commissioner is like, "Oh, I have to stay with you," and I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, lady." And I didn't say that to her. I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." And I'm like going about my business, talking to my coach, and this and this and this, and she was like right with me. And, and like the more I see her it, over my shoulder, I'm getting more and more mad, and so. We go to get a medical check, and I had split my shin open, uh, kicking, and he checked it, uh, which is like, uh, I already split it open fighting Chimbosh, and I reopened it fighting Rashad Evans. And so I'm getting stitches, and she's like, well, you know, I, I have to stay here. I know you, 
I know you uh you want to be with your people, but I I can't leave until you give me a drug test. I'm like, okay, well you you want to give me the cup and I'll I'll pee or whatever. She goes, well, you know, I I you know I have to you know I have to you know escort you to the bathroom and be at the stall and everything. I'm like, okay, and I'm like laying back about to get stitches and I'm like, all right, well just give me the cup. So she gives me the cup. I whip it out right. Oh, whip it out right there. Bam. <laughs> Start peeing in this cup right while I'm laying down on this table. <laughs> and I pitch it off. Out of the, four, out of the, th- the three people in here, only you would be able to just whip it over your thigh into a cup. <laughs> I, I, I would have to like hold that thing like vertical. <laughs> well, and this is the, the bad part, bro. So I, I like, I'm like, I pee, I pinch it off, and give it back. I'm like, here, here you go, man. Here's your, here's your, here's your drug test. And nice as check this out, as I hand it to her, because you know my my hand covers the whole thing. As I hand it to her, I give it to her, and she goes, "Oh my god, did you just pee this?" And I look at it, bro. The cup is all red, and I'm like, "Oh wow, uh, yeah, I did." Yeah, uh, I pissed out, bro. Does that count as uh, you know a piss sample and a blood sample? <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it was bad. Sometimes I definitely pissed after a fight, like and it was brown, which is like the yellow becoming yeah, yeah, hydrated, yeah. and yeah, the little, red. A little, bro. This was I've never seen it like that before or after. This was, bro. This was red. This was. It was not. It was red. I was. Whew, I remember. Is, I remember actually like. That fight to me was like, because like you were my guy. It was like, yo, you could do it. But Rashad was my guy because he's the like, he was the second wrestler off the Ultimate Fighter that was like, yeah, of course, wrestler versus Kosh yep. Jack. Kosh Jack. And then it was fucking Rashad. So Rashad's my dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, guy. And then, but you were like my dude. Like, I yeah, you hometown, of course. Whatever, ride or die, you know? Right. Man. Because he was like, uh, wasn't he a champion yet, or? Yeah, oh, yeah, he, he was, uh, he had just lost to, who took him out? Machida? Yeah. Machida. Yeah, he lost Machida. He lost Machida, uh, and then he had a couple wins. He beat, uh, Rampage, Tito, and then yep. he fought Phil Davis. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna like. I, it might. I could be a Phil, you know, Davis fan, but like, I can arguably say that Phil fought in the UFC when UFC at 205 was like probably the deepest. Murderers. Right it was there. pretty deep. It was deep. Like I, I trained with fucking uh, Bosch, <laughs> and I watched what you do to him. I was like, oh my lord, damn, hey, hey, and he, bro, he is a caveman strong. He's, he's so strong. He's so strong. So strong. You know, you know, it sucks, man. I, I got bitter after that fight because, or, uh, yeah, after that fight because, uh, uh, so I got the, my, my patented one-handed Kimura for the finish. And, uh, the fight before that, okay, I was up at AKA training and, uh, with DC, everybody, and, um, I took a fight on six days' notice, right? And um, 
I was like, cool, you know. But <clears throat> and when they asked me, I was like, ah, eh, should I do it? Well, for the same money, I'm going to fight a guy in November, and guarantee he's not going to be zero two in the UFC. This guy is zero two in the UFC, but both of those fights were fight of the night. So the guy is bringing it, but at the same time, he's 0-2. I have to take this fight, right. right? So I take the fight. The fight is against this guy named Rodney Wallace. And uh, I take him down, beat him up, gets up, take him down, beat him up, beat him up standing. And each time I get him down, uh, my coach, Lloyd Irving, has showed me this one-handed Kimura in the locker room. And I get him in it three separate times. And I just couldn't finish it. I, I, I was just, I man, I was so close, so close. It hurt, but it just wasn't a submission yet. Yeah. And, and so, uh, it ended up being like a fight that was just not, just not quite what I needed. And people were like, ah, oh, he sucks. I'm like, I took the fight on six days notice and I was so close three times. Then flash forward a couple months. That was in August. I fought Tim Bosch, uh, like November 15th. And, uh, I finished that, finished him with the one-handed Kamara. People are like, that was, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, I almost did it to the last guy three times. Like, yeah. it, y'all didn't, y'all didn't see that one? Like, well, me and Stan were talking about how, like, so right now, uh, Kamaru, you see there? Kamaru's yeah. getting like a lot of heat right now. Like, but by, by the way, that was my mom who was calling just now. So uh, you in trouble. You in trouble. <laughs> Uh, no, but Kamaru's getting a lot of heat right now, like, snooze fest, bullshit, like, like, me and Stan were saying how, like, how uneducated MMA fans are. Like, right. they have no idea, right? like, what you have to do to keep someone from moving, or what you have to oh. do to hold someone down. My God. Like. My God. Oh, oh, did you forget, take them down? Right, right. Well, yeah, but when you hold them down, that's when the booze start hitting. You're like, he just took them down 30 seconds ago. What do you want him to do? Let him up? Yeah. So, yeah. We're, but we're in like Japan. You never fight. You never fought in Japan, right? I never fought in Japan. Never had the pleasure. I heard it's awesome. It's just quiet. Well, they just get the sport. They know what they're watching. So, like, yeah. when there's a transition or a pass on Bob. There's like a. Ooh. Yeah, that's Ooh. dope. You know. Ooh. Yeah, you know it's. You're right. It, it, it's kind of one of those things. It kind of starts at the top. I really wish. Um, you know, people would say, for example, I mean, and sometimes you have an exciting day. Sometimes it's just a regular day. Not that exciting. That's just life. You know, it's sports. There's some football games that are complete blowout, 60 to nothing. So much so you turn the channel. Yeah. You know what I mean, like there's no, there's no way to predict excitement. There's just no way. I've yeah. seen fights. I'm like, man, I'm turning this off. This guy's just getting his ass handed to him. You know, I don't want to see that. And I'm like, oh, let's see if he dies or not. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's a it, it's a hard element to uh, to make excitement. And uh, it, it, most times, the guys who who do it best 
Uh, there's a few guys, you know, there's a few guys like, you know, Conor McGregor that I, I think the excitement factor with him is he does it up so much pre-fight that you're like, oh, I got to see this. In the fight, he's very good in, in between exchanges with like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing with the Diaz brothers and, you know... Masvidal. I'm going to take them out of that category because they are just like that. Like, Connor does it up for excitement. Diaz brothers, bro, they are just like that. They're, that's them. That's them on the mat. me like, and you, Phil, we grew up in this wrestling background where in between takedowns we were like, what up? We would have beat the shit. Our dads would have fucking like, what the oh. fuck? You're showboating? Are you showboating? <laughs> you would have been as a, you know what I mean? So like for us, it's not organic. No, it's not. It's not. Connor might uh, really be know. like that though too. Similar to like, I think Masvidal is in that realm as well. Oh, 100% Masvidal is. Like as yeah, like doing shit in between, yeah, yeah. Like even Masvidal, there's a picture. He had his tongue out. Like Usman hit him with an elbow. He stuck his tongue out, got hit with another elbow, and then was like, "Mm-hmm, yep." Like trying to goad him into a wild striking exchange, and then Usman went back into you know forcing him against the fence, looking for takedowns. And people, all the people on the forums and casuals and fans are like. Why didn't he just get off the fence? Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't he just get away and punch him? It's kind of like when people get taken down, like Japan fans, ooh, and they clap. American fans, like, just stand up. Just, yeah. just get up. But it, stand I up, you, bro. I've done it like one or two times where it was totally organic. I didn't realize I was doing it, where I did like one of these or yeah. like. Yeah, for sure. And I got this, like fucking weird high where like I became almost invincible I felt I was just in it like yeah let's go you know versus yeah. like tr- like this makes fans do it right I'm always well, trying to just win so whatever makes me the, just win any t- anything that see here's my thing anything that takes you outside of yourself breaks your concentration there's been times where I'm like, you know, where I'm in exchange or in the middle of a round. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. Come get some. Yeah. And, and in that's that just, moment, you're like, I feel awesome. You're not like, <laughs> right? It's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. can't tell a guy like, yo, in between striking decisions, like, talk some shit. You'll feel better. I promise. Like, that's not, it's got to no. be in an organic, like, yeah, that's yep. all you got. Like, you got to feel the shit. Now nah, you exactly. You gotta feel it. I'm, the last thing I will do, the last thing I will do, will be that guy on the internet, the the showboating that gets beat up. Oh, I will well, never be that's that guy. Probably why I'm not like before a fight. Like, let me just like off the yeah. jump. Like, come on, get some because you'll be a highlight reel quick. Like you so have to be quick. the third where you can see that guy is a little bit broken. Like, yeah, motherfucker, come get you yep. some. It, it, you know what's it's very, it's very interesting, and, and, and maybe, maybe you guys can uh, can t- can lean into this, see what you guys think. I believe that the internet as a whole, fans as a whole, when those guys lose, they will not let them live in, in, in the comments or in the memes. They just, they just wear them out. And I'm like, yo, like, like this is what you guys like. You got, I mean, you guys like the. When people talk crap, you guys like when they 
you know, get in there and, and do that extra stuff. And if they don't get it done, they don't yeah. get it done. Like, oh, yeah. my favorite was so Conor Gray was on this like surge. I was like, who the fuck's this dude? Yeah. He's getting all his attention. He's talking all this shit. So I was getting ready to fight with Carl Lomas. I'm like, he's not, he's not faster than me. He's not stronger than me. He can't submit me. He can't knock me out. How does he win? Somebody took that clip. <laughs> and then the next clip was beginning. Jabbed, dropped, and then guillotined. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I laughed. This, this yeah. made me, I maybe I'm crying inside, but. I'm laughing. <laughs> Could be a combination of both. Yeah. But I was like, holy shit. You motherfucker. Like, nice. Yeah. They, they won't win. let you live. They won't let you live, bro. You win. Internet, don't forget. Yeah. Uh, so from then on, I was like, he's going to be tough. I'm going to go and I give him my best. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's undefeated. You know what? The, the, inter- the, uh, the, the interview before the fight, my very first one, it felt so uncomfortable. Were they telling so you to say practically? Yeah. And then yeah. you have to mock what they say? And right. that's why everyone sounds so weird when they say it? Right. Like, say exactly what you said, but say it like this. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to beat him tonight because I'm stronger than him. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, it is cra- what's crazy is if we're hanging out Playing spades or Monopoly. Those are my games. Spades okay. or Monopoly. Bro, you want to talk about trash? Yo, know, I'm like, I'm next level. Next level, you know, if, are you talking about like, you know, like busting or playing the dozens? I'm next level. But if it involves a fight, I'd rather just fight. Well, the thing is, we've always spoken with our actions. Yes. Yes, yes. Like, would you say? Watch this. I'm going to pack you in fucking, you know, <laughs> two and a half minutes. Oh, oh, oh really? That's like. And then when you get up, you just go like this. Like, that's all we did. That's it. You know? That's it. But we got this MMA game where we're like, you got to be on your phone be like, yeah, you said this? Okay. It's so different. It's so different. Promos. And I tell you what, if the wrestling community wants to come up, well, actually, you know what? Who are we talking to about that, Stan? Well, like, there uh, are some younger wrestlers starting to talk a little shit now. When we had oh, that, yeah, no, we had that group chat when we were talking like Aljamain, Gwiz. Yes. Eric, your boy Eric Uresk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so check me out. So, um, what's his name? Uh, J.O., uh, Jordan Oliver. Yes. He, he's that guy. He's that guy. He ain't got no problem letting you have it on the internet. He was, he was, uh, who was he getting after? He was getting after one of my Penn State guys. Um, it was either DT or Zane. I think it was Zane. He was talking. He was like, man, like, if you want that smoke, Zane, come get it. I'll be at beat the streets. I'll beat you. Like, he's, I've been on these streets. I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's exactly what the community needs. I was like, Zane, we just talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because uh, the thing is, like, it's weird because the wrestling community is such a like respectable, proper, yeah, like yeah, yeah. community. But then, like, we all look up to Gable and the Brands Brothers, who were like complete fucking dickheads, like pushing people <laughs> out of the battle. You know what I mean? Like, we're like, oh man, like that's awesome. But like, when you really look at, it, like, yeah, that, that's not that's unsportsmanlike. 
the guy's already out of bounds. You push him further out of bounds. Like, exactly. But, so now, but when people start at the mouth, it's like, whoa. Too far, bro. Too yeah. far. Who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. Settle uh, down. Settle down, please. But you can go, with that being said, you can go way further with the mouth than you can with your actual act, like physically. Yeah. When you physically do it, like, all right, you earned the right. Go on. Yeah. You that dude had the fun. You got him very close out of the cage. I watched that many of times where you had the guy in the single leg <laughs> actually trying to throw him out of the cage. Bro, he was close. And But the other thing was, he was he's there like 6'5", yeah. so he's, he's halfway helping like, me out. The thing. You know what? I'm going I'm to I'm I'm post that po- picture tomorrow. Yes. I'm posting that picture tomorrow. My, my homeboy has a... Uh, <laughs> we went out for uh, like date night and we took our... He and I took our wives and we went out. It was so funny. I got a picture with all of our kids and I just got like three or four kids in my arms. And he's like, Uncle Phil by day, Uncle Phil by night. Same, same. I yeah. I say it's hilarious. Man. Posting. Yeah. So, Phil, can we get you on more relatively? I mean, we've had you on here for a while. You still got a workout. We got, I want to let you get your shit in. But this is what we're about. We're not like, like, come on. This is my last workout for three weeks and you hold. This is, look, this is, I get that this is the, the dentist and the man show, but I still got stuff to do tonight. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to let you go, do your thing. But what I'm saying is, like, can we get, can we get the Phil back on? Can we get Uncle Phil back on the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You got me. Yeah, you got me. Right, we should yeah. shit. Give ne- talk. You got me. Next time we'll talk a little more fighting because now we got the whole back the menace and Phil Davis backstory. What's your dad's name? Well, they can keep going probably. Oh, definitely. What's your dad's name, Phil? Uh, Joe Davis. We got the whole Joe and Lynn story. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get more into it. We'll go over some fights. Maybe you'll have some news breaking or something in the next couple weeks. I see Bellator's coming back to Connecticut. Oh, maybe I will. Oh. <laughs> uh. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah. I can't I can't tell. Maybe it's because I don't know. Well <laughs> I'm gonna take that you're fighting Connecticut. Well well we'll see. If it happens, everywhere Lord willing. Everywhere's closing uh, how, down. How right about now. we put it that way? Lord willing. Yeah. You know, these, these are crazy times and uh I, it would be a it's always oh, a- oh, hang on. the thing is Phil, if you don't think we can pull the mess of the man media card to be there. Hey, hey, you're not too far away. Hey. Oh, we, we, we've done PFL multiple times. I, Stan, have we done uh, Bellator before? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but we'd ha- you'd have to shoot the shot. The Bellator guy doesn't like me. Well, I can see why. What's his name? You know, CJ? CJ, yeah. Yeah, he's not a big fan of mine. No, because I went... W- wait. To- CJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CJ's my boy. Maybe I can massage that for you. Massage it. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah. What happened oh, was... All right. Remember Marco Scalval? He was the Bellator champion. He fought yes. uh, Dantas. So I trained with him for years. I flew out to California to one of his fights. We got press yeah, passes. All right. We got press passes. We're sitting there hanging out. And then... um. After the fight, he saw me, and I was in the media row. He came up to me, and you know how they tell you not to talk to fighters? Sure. He came. I didn't say a word to him. He knew who I was. He came up to me. Game started. He just lost. 
So his eye was swollen shut. He was all fucked up. He started crying, hugging me, leaning on my shoulder. He like starts pulling me and my other boy in the back. And then he pulls us in the back. And then CJ sees us going in the back. And he just like lost it on me. Oh. Yeah. And I was like. Dude, that, 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 can be, that can be rectified there. Yeah. And then I told him, I'm like, I, knew, I didn't say nothing bad. I was like, he pulled us back here. I know him. He was like, it doesn't matter. Get out of here. And then I was like, all right. And <laughs> then, Yeah, and then nothing. And then he sent me like a, I don't know the word I'd use, but just like a, I guess a nasty email. You know, he wrote like, I didn't appreciate your conduct. It was not how a media members supposed to act. And then I wrote him back like, listen, like I train with Laura. I'm one of his students. I'm his training partner. I was going to be in his corner, but I got here too late, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, just no response. And then I've never tried Bellator again since then. But for yeah, Phil, yeah. for Phil Davis, we'll shoot that shot. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do there. I yeah. like that. It's it's just a misunderstanding. No, nobody got too too bent out of shape. I'm sure. Yeah, no, complete misunderstanding. But you know, and especially when man's doing his job, you know. Oh, and and then, and then the funniest thing. So I trained with Laura. I grew up in this sport. I trained with Dennis. That's how me and Dennis became friends. And then. I trained with Eric Uresk when I was a little kid. You know, I've been around it for a minute. That's what the guy said to me that had me like, oh, really? I was like, oh, no, I know Laurel. I trained with him. He was like, it's okay. I like the fanboy out every now and then, too. And I was no. like, I was like, fanboy? Fanboy? I'm not fanboying out. He pulled me back here. What the fuck? <laughs> but it happens. But Phil, we'll, yeah. let, we'll let you get to that training. Thank you for stopping by, Menace and the Man. You're a legend. Menace always sings your praises, and now I understand why. We've been thank trying to, thank like, I've been saying to get him on the show for since episode fucking ten. Well, I, I thought you were going to say one, but sure, that, that, that's still encouraging, though. Right. Well, I mean, I started thinking about who I actually know. I try, I try to stay local. I'm like, well, Phil Davis is a big deal. We got to get him on here. <laughs> thanks, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you guys. Let's see what we do. Get out of here, shoot the shit. Fucking have kids on the show. We don't give a shit. Fucking shit. Curse. Yeah, he 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 just crashed the show. I mean, he I'll uh, actually yeah, yeah, I yeah, I gotta, gotta I gotta uh, send you yeah. his his uh his appearance fee. I'll, I'll invoice you guys. All right. Yeah. And uh, next time he'll <laughs> next time he'll be more comfortable. Mason's getting that shout out. Everyone's getting their yeah. shout outs. Yeah. yeah. All right. So sure. we'll talk to you soon, Phil. Stay safe out All there. Right, Phil. Awesome, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Peace out. Peace. All right, man. I say that sometimes. I'm like, I've been thinking about you since episode. Should I always say one for now on? Yep. All right. All right. So now we'll do a few minutes with Avril Matthew, and then we'll wrap this bitch up. Who? The Australian model boxer chick. Oh, I told. I thought we were going to get my fucking military dude now. Well, we'll just do Avril for 15 minutes, and then we'll go for your military dude. Does that work? Okay. Oh, you know we'll what? get it at the same time? Um. Oh, here he is. You let him in. Oh, that's who jumped in. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Dennis looks like he's about to go to a fucking rave. Listen, Doug. <laughs> softly pioneer military missionary man I was like I was like the thing is I watch your posts 
I watched all Sawfleet things. You guys are shooting fucking bazookas with, you know, unbuttoned flower shirts, sunglasses on. So I figured it was only appropriate, right? Well, we've hung out with our fucking wings out before. It's not surprising to me that you look fucking good for a podcast. <laughs> uh, but real quick, Doug, this is my co-host, Stan the Man. Welcome to Medicine the Man. What's up, guys? Stan, what, nice uh, to meet you. Nice to meet you. I don't, like, I know you're just a complete, like, killer badass. Can you give me the... This is not true. This is a gross overstatement. I'm a overpaid school teacher for people who don't speak English. I like that. <laughs> is that where we're sticking with that? For real? So, yeah. I mean, like, uh, when you met us in Iraq, you came for, like, a USO tour, and it was you and um, freaking Diego and... Diego Sanchez, Ash Evan Smith, yep. and uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. <laughs> Tom Lawler. Well, we, I mean, like, it was super funny. I love the fact that you guys heard that we had booze, which we did. (laughs) It was, uh, I was literally like, Phil was like, oh man, these fucking dudes are going to come over. And you showed up and I was like, first of all, this dude's built like a regular guy. And then Phil got drunk and thought he was going to fight you. And you were like, you had him in the huckle buck in like five seconds. Have you posted the video of that yet? I put it on my story. I didn't leave it up just because like. I didn't want anyone to get in trouble. I didn't want, like, and I also waited years to put it up. Phil has the COVID right now. So, like, it's totally, it's totally cool. Well, he has, like, no symptoms. He's tested for the, uh, like, the burgeoning antibodies or whatever. So, he's like, he's like, oh, man, can't possibly make it to work, guys. (laughs) Uh, So, hang on. What what branch are you? Like, in my head, you're a Navy SEAL, but you're not in the Navy. No, man. Uh, I, so I'm an Army Green Beret. Um, I actually... Right. Green, Green Beret, which is like equivalent to like a Navy SEAL, no? Uh, man, I don't think there's like an actual equivalent. We all have different jobs. So we all work for the same boss, which is uh, Special Operations Command. And we all do different things. So like uh, Naval Special Warfare. Uh, You're soft. Yeah, yeah. Special Operations Special Forces. Special Operation Forces. Oh. Well, well, here. I just have a question, Doug. We are, yeah. I think we're going to go way deeper with you than we are with this other girl. Can we possibly delay this interview 10 minutes? Fuck yeah, man. I don't know. If, what are we going to talk to her about with the military? Let's leave St- Aaron, we can leave Doug in here. We'll All bring right. her in. All right. That works. Doug, you in? You got, yeah, dude, I'm fucking always in. I was yeah, laughing because, you, you know, like, Dennis, Dennis no, Stan, you ready for this Stan, at 7. And I was ready at seven. I had my dick in my hand. I was hard. I took my Viagra. I was like, <laughs> and then two hours later, I'm like, yeah. this thing's going to work anymore. <laughs> uh, no. So Stan, so Stan, give the intro of the girl that you're about to have on. She's like an Australian chick. Australian model pro boxer. I love Australians. They're great. Yeah. So how, so I- how do you want to introduce me to introduce you, Doug? Military? Yeah, well, so you can say that I'm one of Dennis's pit rat friends from Iraq. I like that. <laughs> we, we, we dressed Dennis up like a Barbie doll and we, like a tactical Barbie doll. We gave him guns. We let him, we let him drive around in a razor and shoot at things. Hang on. So, Doug, we're going to have her on. You're going to send the invite out to her. I'm going to send the invite. What's up, Avril? She Hello. Very Hello. Australian. 
Sorry, I was just eating. <laughs> I'm a good person. Well, I was waiting for TV and I'm like trying to eat off the side of the camera. I'm like, what what gonna... of your stature eat? Like kale? Um, <laughs> right now I'm eating a crab sandwich with pickles and it's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, no, Menace, when I, from what I see on her social media, she's on that Algeri tip. She's always eating like good artists. Yeah. yeah, she's eating good <laughs> shit. <laughs> I spell the computer. <laughs> well, Avril Mathy, finally welcome to Menace and the Man. Stan the Man, Dennis the Menace, and that's our boy Doug. He's a military man from Iraq, Dennis's friend. Hello, how are you? What's going on? How are you, Avril? We had on Craig Jones. Do you know who Craig Jones is? Yeah, he's an Aussie. Uh, USC, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had him on earlier today. Oh, nice. Yeah, why didn't you link that together earlier? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think of it. I thought an, earlier today, I thought an all Australian episode, but then I, you know, I, we started getting Phil Davis. We, we yeah, Dan, are you really little... qualified to be the producer of this show, or are you just no. one of Dennis's high school buddies? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm underqualified. I'm uh, Dennis's training buddy. Nice. You have good hair, though. That counts for something. Oh, great hair. Pretty good hair. That's all, <laughs> all, I, all I got going for me. So it's Avril, right? Like Avril Levine? Yeah, same. Uh-huh. So you, you're a model and a boxer. That's correct. I feel like the only other person I know could do that is Chris Algieri. <laughs> this is true. He has the hair for it. <laughs> He's got great hair. I mean, better than Stan's hair, right? Or yeah. <laughs> Well, possible I don't want to like, vote anyone here, but... <laughs> yeah, no. When Algieri had this look, it was amazing. When he had the long hair going. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, yeah. that that's actually how I got turned on to Avril was from Chris Algieri. Ah, okay, cool, yeah. Yes. Very good friend of mine for a long time now. Yes. So when did you get into boxing? When did I sorry, what was the question? Yeah, how old were you when you started getting into boxing? Oh, twenty five. Wow. I started late. Yeah. It is late, yeah. Before that I was doing Muay Thai. But um, I wasn't okay. fighting with Muay Thai. I was just training, like, just for fitness. And I didn't really have any interest in fighting because Muay Thai is, like, two people stand in front of each other and hit and kick the shit out of each other. And whoever's, like, faster, stronger, tougher, can take more punishment is going to win the fight. Um, but I broke my foot when I was doing Muay Thai. And so I couldn't um, I couldn't kick or knee. But I could hobble around on the outside of my foot because it was my big toe actually specifically and the ligament that attached it to my foot was like torn so I could put weight on the outside of my foot so I was like okay well I can still box it's like the only thing I can do I couldn't jump couldn't run nothing and uh so I started boxing and the coach I had at the time he started teaching me more the tactical side of it rather than just like throwing punches and combos for fitness style kind of and so that was when I became interested in fighting for the first time because I was like, all right, like, let me see if I'm doing this right. I need, like, throw punches at me. Let's go. And um, I have my first fight, like, six months later, and I was just addicted. And, yeah. Was- I would have hated training you. I hate when a girl's like, come on, like, what do you got? I'm like, stop. No. <laughs> well, I was, I mean, I was sparring with all the Unless I got, like, when people say, like, let me see you got, there's this, like, seriousness. But, like, how you just say, like, come on, let me see you got, I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> well, no, it like, was. No, it was best shot, motherfucker. Like, like, let's play this game. Chris like, really likes to talk shit. I know this for a fact. <laughs> Who me? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just, it's, because, because, Avril, you've been in this gym with girls that are like, yeah, I just want to like, this is fun. But yeah. like, you take it seriously. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, when someone says it with like, yo, give it to me straight, like, all right. But how you just said it, like, let me see what you got. I'm like, oh. uh, yeah, like, I'm, you know, I didn't actually say it like that to. I know. <laughs> No, it's more like, you know, I'm instead of throwing punches at the pads or my coach throwing them over my shoulder on purpose, I was like, no, can you throw it at my face? Because I want to see that I'm like moving right and whatever. And then so he set me up some sparring. And obviously, like whenever you first start sparring, you I hit somebody, you're like, this is awesome. Well, yeah, but the thing is, in Australia, there's not that many girls that box. So most of the girls that do box are like, state champion national champion level because they've, they're the only girls in it and they've been doing right. it since they were kids so they're amazing um you know for the level in australia and uh so i'm straight in like my first sparring was girls that are like national champions you know which was great experience because you know once they they know how to work when they've been doing it a long time they're not just gonna right. come and kill you like another person like that's new like myself would um, but yeah, so it was a really good experience that I had first coming up through the, the ranks. And it's cool because then years later, when I moved to Miami to like take boxing more seriously, um, one of the girls that was like a national champion when I was first starting and would spar with occasionally, she moved to Miami also. And, uh, we were like, you know, almost on the same level kind of thing. So that was really cool to like see the progress going from like nothing to like, you know, of a good level, so. So, like, is there, like, combatives in your family? Was your dad a fighter? Like, where did you, like, I want to hit people. <laughs> no, no one in my family is even athletic. Not at all. I'm the only athlete, the only, <laughs> the only one that really plays sports. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. like, what? Do you, do you know why? Or you're just like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of energy and I just, like, I'm very competitive. Like, that's kind of what motivates me, um, is to just the challenge of it. And for me, boxing is the ultimate challenge because it's not just your body and it's not just your mind. It's like everything at once together. Like, you have to think in split seconds of time. It's kind of like a game of chess, but you're throwing your body on the line rather than just yeah. being bored. And I love that, like, the challenge side of it, the intellectual. And that's why, no offense to Muay Thai, like Muay Thai is very tough and the guys that do that, like hats off. I don't know if I could. I have no interest in any elbow to the face. But and I also a lot more intellectual and that's why I love it. And that's why yeah. I had the interest in fighting with uh, boxing, whereas I never did with Muay Thai. And also, the more you do it, the better you look in a bikini, right? Yeah, 100%. Boxing? Like, I haven't... <laughs> I haven't <laughs> Does boxing make you look better in a bikini, Dennis? I mean, I don't know why. It's, 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 a, it's an endurance workout, you know? I've been doing this all wrong. I'm going to start boxing tomorrow. <laughs> so you can get your bikini on? Yeah, but seriously, has Don King called yet? That's all I, I want to hang out with Don King. <laughs> no. Is Don King still even in the game? I don't know. Is he? Who cares? That dude's cool as shit. He's, that dude's gangster. <laughs> I think they ran him out by this point. Uh, okay. Him and Suge Knight should start a like a production company together. They get things done. They would. <laughs> when's your next When's your next fight? 
Well, even yeah. that. Wait, and even that. Or... Avril, I heard you broke the foot you said from Muay Thai. That's another reason why I reached out to you is because I see you just recently broke the leg. Yeah, so oh. I'm, uh, oh. I'm disabled right now. Until I can at least walk again and I can get back to the gym, I'm not going to like commit to any fights. So we just have to wait. And You could do wheelchair boxing. <laughs> today i was um i had my butt sat on the sand on the beach and i was playing volleyball but i couldn't move so i had to like use my abs to try and remove uh, maneuver and that was a workout <laughs> like so real quick like do you part you don't drink right you don't party. i mean i have a drink you know i'll drink like one or two but i don't get drunk anymore <laughs> not yeah. since i was like 20 Damn, it, oh I don't know if I'm dumb or like you're not cool. I don't know. <laughs> Why? You know, like I have a great time, you know, but like I also know like the more I drink, the fatter I get. So it's like a weird. Oh, yeah. and even that. So Doug and Avril, this is California Dennis. That's his attire. That's why he has the sunglasses oh, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this the thing like. Was- it- is this if because I, if I was in Australia, this is what I'd be wearing. Something you're an essential like employee in, in Jersey, right? So, like, you're working through all this, right? Long Island. Oh, Long dude. Island. Uh, I mean, yeah. I keep a white Wait, on. wait. You just labeled us Jersey Shore? You were like, yes, yeah, you guys I'm are from, from New Jersey. I'm from Texas, so everything in the Northeast is New Jersey to me. It's like uh, New Hampshire. Armpit of the East Coast. <laughs> We've gotten that before. People oh, are like, you guys, you guys are in Jersey, right? No, Long Island. Close enough, though. Sorry, I figured that all the boxing was in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> and Avril is currently in Miami. They just shut down Miami, right? Again? Uh, not really. They uh, they announced that they were going to, but then I think a lot of businesses turned around and were like, yeah, get fucked. So um, the, the, they had to compromise to make something happen. So they allowed gyms to stay open, but now you have to wear a mask in the gym. <laughs> no matter what you right? You have to wear a mask, which I'm quite happy to have a broken ankle right now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and uh, also restaurants, um, they at first said they were closing them, and then they changed their mind to say outdoor dining only was allowed. Um, so everything's basically still as normal, but cinemas are closed and, like, party venues and function venues and stuff are closed. Oh, people in Miami, people in Miami are probably going nuts. Oh, yeah. Old, and the nightclubs were all closed. Do you eat, what's it called? Angemite or Ve- Megamite? Veggie. 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 Yep, the best. You I mean, love I, it. I love it. Yeah, I recently. Yeah, I tried it. It tastes like rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> Last week, I, I had run out maybe like a month or two ago, and I was craving it You're so much. You're shipping from your family, week. huh? I spent $27 on Vegemite over Amazon. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? This stuff's like $2 a jar in Australia. <laughs> but it was worth it. The shipping from Australia is exorbitant, so it's not worth getting it sent over. What is it about Vegemite that you all Australians just can't get enough of? It's like, it's like imagine a vegetable soup. You know the stock, like the paste from the vegetable soup? It's like concentrated that. It's really salty, but it's got a bit of a flavor to it. So it's better than just salt. And I don't know. I love I it. I just love meat. So when you're well, like, you're just, just, yeah. I okay, well, 
it's kind of a meaty flavor, like it could be. If you have it on toast with like avocado and like a yeah, poached egg, I'm like, what are, you, what are you giving me right now? Bovril is made with beef, right? Like you guys have the bovril? Uh, I don't you, know. You've not had that before? Oh, that's a South African thing, I think. Yes, I, I've heard of this. Yeah. It's I the same. As it was pronounced like that, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how, how do you pronounce it in Australia? Uh, I forget. I don't like. We don't really have it in Australia. Yeah, no but problem. I remember seeing it written. I thought it was like overall or something like that. Arvul, it's cut the nonsense. Like, how many boyfriends do you really have? I have one. He's amazing. One? Yeah, just one. I cut Is he it. A had to cull the list because. Was he really good looking? <laughs> yeah, he's he's better looking than me. What? Yeah, when I, I post a picture of him on social media, yeah. I get I get guys commenting being like, "Listen, I'm not gay, but your boyfriend's prettier than you." <laughs> yeah, no homo. He might be a male model. Yeah, he he Is should he a male be. Model? No, he's not. He's in the Coast Guard, so he's like a badass, like an actual real life badass. But is it is, is, he, is he just use long sticks to push boat people into the water and then laugh about it? That's what most <laughs> Australians do, right? <laughs> Oh my god, is that our reputation? That's terrible. <laughs> but every Australian soldier ever told me, they're like, yeah, man, being in the Navy is amazing. We just go out there and we sink boats and then we like watch them swim. You know, everything in Australia <laughs> says is a joke, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a joke. It's, you know, like, and I've learned that you call Australians champ and they fucking love it. <laughs> they what? They don't like it? They love it when you call them champ. Hey, champ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the best. That's like the nickname that you just give to someone that you like. Did you know? Oh, Avril, Avril, is, <laughs> is your boyfriend, is he the one or does Stan have a chance one day? Sorry, Dan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good here. No offense. I'm sure you'd make a great boyfriend too, but I'm very happy with what I got. Well, he's fat. <laughs> Why are Australians all so nice? She should just say that Stan is a shit cunt and she's not into him. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like if you call someone a cunt, it's like calling them mate. Like if we're buddies, I'd be like, "Oi, cunt!" It's kind of trashy, but it's very commonly used. But if I was like, "Mate," I feel like, I feel like you're above that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I've only hung out with trashy Australians. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, it's more widely acceptable for guys to use it than for girls. Okay. Um, but if someone was like, oh, you can't, like, I wouldn't be insulted. I'd be like, okay, you're a little lower class, but whatever, we can still be friends. But um, if someone was like, mate, what's your problem? Like, that's how you would speak to someone that um, you're actually mad at. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't understand it. They say, like, cunt's cool, but, like, champ and mate are, like, fuck yous. <laughs> it's like prison yeah. speak. I'm so like, champ, whoa. Champ is, um, champ is good. That's not what I heard. I heard it was a giant, like, it was like prison speak. All the Australian guys that I ever worked with were like, don't call me champ. We'll fight. Oh, really? Like, All right, man. Maybe, maybe I've been out of the country for too long and I've just lost touch. I don't know. What? Have you, there's, hang on. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to throw shit in the wall. See the sticks. There's no chance you've ever done a shoey, right? I sh that's where you put alcohol in the shoe and yes. drink from it. I yeah. haven't. That was actually widely popular. After I left Australia, thank God, because uh, that was my style. <laughs> yeah, but I would imagine you probably have a fucking huge following in Australia, no? Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm not going to drink. 
So, Stan, do you know uh, Alex Volkanovski? He's a 145 featherweight UFC champion. Wait, are you talking to me? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So, uh, so Stan actually owes him a shoey. So, we're going to film Stan doing, like, a couple laps around the track to prove that he's sweating. <laughs> I'm going to a beer in a shoe, and Stan's going to do a shoey. We're going to put, now that we've told you, we're going to put you on the link, too. We're going we're gonna to tag you in it, too. All so right. You. I look forward to this. Yeah. Does this have to be, like, your shoe, or is it somebody else's shoe? Just a shoe. A dirty shoe. shoe. Doesn't matter. Well, Stan, Stan, you said if, if you proved that you were running in it, it would add to it, right? Well, that's what we said to Alex. Like, does it have to be any shoe or what shoe? He's like, oh, as long as it's a sweaty shoe, like a shoe someone's been wearing. And we were like, all right. Yeah. Avril, how stands Australian accent? Um, give it a whirl. Well, that was that, that was. He's been doing it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even pick it up. So sorry. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, not quite there. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no. That was. I did it for one second there. No, it's not that good. I got to work on it. Pretty good. I liked it. I don't know anything about it though. I give you two thumbs up, Stan. You, you're, you're like leading the pack right now. Best Australian accent on this show so far. The, se- the second best Australian accent in this room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. So Avril, the ankle injury. What's the what they say recovery time was? How did uh, it happen? Let's back up. How the fuck that happen? Uh, I was doing jujitsu and uh, I was getting taken down, and so it's like me and the other guy were facing each other, and he guy or girl guy, okay. and he put his foot behind mine to trip me and like throw me backwards. But as I went backwards, my foot got caught on the mat, and like so, if that's your foot, it just went like the wrong way how a foot should not bend is he a white belt yeah Always <laughs> white belt. it was it was, <laughs> fair. It was white belt on white belt which is where injuries happen <laughs> some people some people have said this stan the man the black belt oh no way <laughs> that's cool but okay. he like shrugged like he was like <laughs> well the thing is too that's why i slid into avril's dms and was like yo we want to get you on the show because i saw the x-ray and whatnot i went through the same type of situation i broke my leg on a takedown attempt oh what kind of break did she have stan she had just a fibula but you were you were, the doctor probably said you were close to surgery right yeah actually i was really lucky because even though it broke and it's like a spiral fracture so it's kind of a weird one but it stayed in place. Like the bones didn't move apart. So I was very lucky. But actually, I've fallen on it four more times since. And every time I go back to the doctor, I'm like, oh, you need to get x rayed again. Are you a clumsy and, person? Yeah, apparently. Well, I'm not used to operating life on one leg and I don't really like to sit still. But to be fair, one of the times that I hit it, I was laying in bed with my leg up elevated on a washing basket. And I na- like dozed off for a nap, and my foot fell out of bed, and it sma- it twisted and smashed on the side of the bed, and that was like one of the really bad ones. So, so my maybe a laundry you- basket was a poor choice, right? Sorry, a laundry basket may have been a poor choice. Yeah, or just so since then I don't sleep with my leg up because you don't have control when you're sleeping, you know. <laughs> yeah, so you you lucked yeah. out there because Dan I, was his boyfriend. He would just hold it for you while you slept. <laughs> 
well. What, Unfortunately, you, my you, boyfriend had to do 48-hour shifts. That was one of those times I think he was not around. You lucked oh, out. Like, hey, you know, what are your options? <laughs> you lucked out avoiding <laughs> the surgery, though. Because I, I, I had to get surgery. I was laid yeah. up. I didn't walk for all of 2017. I didn't, walk, I didn't walk for like nine months. I suffered what's called a pylon fracture. I got two plates and 17 screws. Oh, yours sounds far worse than mine. Mine, uh, it, yeah, I'm lucky. Every time, it's, it's moved a little, like it's got a little worse from the fall since the initial accident, but um, I still don't need surgery, thank God. Avril, you want to know the difference between your break and, hit and Stan's break? Oh, Nobody cares about Stan's break. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Stan. <laughs> Hey man, Dennis is making fun of him because he's fat and he's like saying, man, I didn't walk for all of 2017. You're like, well, no shit, Dennis. <laughs> and that's how I got fat was my leg break. I used to be skinny. I used to have abs. Avril, his leg been broken for over two years. It's better now. <laughs> but yeah, it's tough my, though. Yeah, it's my, my type of leg break, I was told never to run again. Oh, stop being an enabler. <laughs> Just shut up, Menace, and let me relate to the guest. <laughs> He's like doing curls and ab workouts while her leg's broken still. <laughs> you guys aren't relating at all. She's a fitness <laughs> model and a professional athlete. She knows what she's doing. You're a potential black belt. Yeah, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but, Avril, what, uh, like I asked before, what did they say your recovery time is? Oh, um, I'll see the doctor on Friday for the four-week appointment, and I'm hoping he's going to tell me, because initially he told me four to six weeks in a boot, but the four, so I was like, yep, okay, I'm going to heal in four, like I'm a fast healer, let's go. And then I had all those falls after it, and I was like, hmm, okay, so maybe it's going to be more like six. But actually, I almost fell on it again today but I kind of caught myself but it still hit the ground it didn't even hurt so I'm kind of thinking it's getting a lot stronger yeah and uh, maybe when I go back on Friday pending what the x-ray says he might let me like go swimming or move it a little bit or something Uh, so we'll see I'll bet you the x-ray is gonna say it's good because they like in the last couple years they changed the way they treat breaks and they think breaks heal better under pressure Uh uh-huh if that makes you know what I mean like when yeah. I when I broke my leg, they just put it in a boot, and he was like, "I want you to try to walk in like two weeks." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Every yeah. every day you got to put weight on it because the pressure somehow makes the bones heal quicker." Yeah, well, even like a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't put any pressure through my leg, but now I like will lean on it, not with my whole body weight, but like when I'm on the edge of the bed or something, you know, I'll put it on the ground and I'll have weight on it. So it definitely feels stronger and better. So I'm hoping that on Friday I'm going to get some really exciting news, but we'll see. I'm, I, I think probably it'll be like six weeks before I can take the boot off and actually start walking properly. So almost there, two and a half weeks at worst. Yeah. You don't play video games, do you? No. <laughs> yeah, me either. Video games. <laughs> for idiots, stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. No, nah, we play video games here. We're a video game show, kinda. Okay. No, we're not. Uh, do you watch Netflix? What do you What do you do when you can't move? Um. Well, I've been working on so i have a like face portraits like face modeling <laughs> yeah i've just been taking like selfies all day and, you know. <laughs> no 
Um, what do I do? Oh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, watching Netflix. Okay. Um, I get on phone calls, like FaceTime with my friends from all over the world, like two, three-hour conversations a few times a day. Pretty awesome. From uh, all over the world. You're well-traveled, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from Australia. I've been living in... How many in friends do you think you have? Sorry? How many friends do you think you have? Like really good friends that I would call and FaceTime and like catch up yeah, with. Yeah. Say, I don't know, somewhere like 10 to 20. Wow. That's yeah. a big group. I've I mean, got like four and they're all in this Zoom right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so there Dennis was talking to his Australian girlfriend. That's how the story is going to go. Like tomorrow at the cafeteria, <laughs> you never guess her name's Avril. She's awesome. Maybe she'll call us later. Is <laughs> like me. Yeah. So maybe I'm just throwing shit at the wall like we like to do here. But something Doug does, right? You bring fighters out for like morale for the troops, right? Uh, well, they've been brought out to to see us. To be honest with you, I've deployed four times now. Uh, to Afghanistan and Iraq, and Dennis is the first celebrity I've ever met. And then he beat the shit out of my best friend, and it was the most <laughs> awesome thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Where were you stationed? Um, well, we were, when Dennis and I ran into each other, we were in northern Baghdad, and he came to our team house, and we shot guns inside, and we drank a bunch of, uh, what was the, what was the last bottle of liqueur that you had that was so terrible that you and Basically, I, I all I know is you guys didn't have beer, and I was like, "Well, I'll try and mix soda with whatever they have." Bill was Bill's allergic, so he refused to buy it anymore because <laughs> he didn't want to turn red. Um, but yeah, they got really drunk. They shot guns in the team house. I walked out at like three in the morning, and they were still partying. And I almost slipped on empty brass in the hallway, and I was like, "Oh." Things have really gotten good in here since I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, they were throwing grenades around. Yeah, oh that was a good time. Wow. Don't, don't waste it. And like they would, so they came in the room, they threw a grenade to Diego, who's lost. He bobbles it around. It falls to <laughs> the ground. We all laugh. Then who's the, who's the, who's the, who's the smart guy? Ryan. Ryan was like, <laughs> he's laughing at us. <laughs> like, we're all laughing now, but this could have been very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> I never continue to laugh. Yeah. Um, I have nothing to do with which celebrities show up. I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles cheerleaders have actively been avoiding me for the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you met them? No, but everyone else in Afghanistan uh, has. Just uh, every time they're anywhere, I'm not there. Well, that was the shot, the shot I was shooting is maybe we can get Avril out there. Well, oh. no, no, no. So, Avril, while you're training, what kind of supplements are you taking? Um, I take collagen. Like, I make bone broth, and I drink okay. collagen, like, bone broth every day. Um, And then just, like, vitamin, like, fish oil, magnesium, vitamin B, what else? Uh, Spirulina. It really. You keep it very like basic. No, because I I met Doug while I was still fighting, and he's got his own company called Soft Fleet, and they make different kinds of proteins and pre workouts. He sent me a few, and they're delicious. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not really into um pre, like I've never taken pre workout, and I'm not interested in taking it at all. Frankly, uh -huh. Avril, I'm super surprised that you're not a vegan. <laughs> 
you just I have just I'm genuinely never, never ever ever will I ever be a vegan. <laughs> God no. <laughs> you know what? I really like dairy, like could not and seafood. Well, I can maybe we could probably get you hooked up with, with a couple of protein shakes. No, you like hate oh, for protein. Sure. I got no issues with that. Uh, I've been paying. Well, it's in Miami, so I don't even have to pay Australian tariffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, chocolate. Send me the chocolate. I like chocolate protein. Yeah, delicious one. Yeah, like, when we were deployed, all the Australian guys that were there, all the Anzacs, were like trying to get me to get orders in because they have to pay all the tariffs to get the stuff in Australia. So like, it was uh-huh. literally like cases of random supplements and stuff showing up at the base all the time for the Australian guys that stick in their containers to take home. Yeah. I try I used to take BCAs for a little while and I tried a few different brands, but it would make me nauseous. Well there's no like real studies on BCAs kind of improving. So like so like the scientist that I work with is like there's no science that says protein shakes make you stronger, but like it yeah, helps adding extra, It's adding extra protein to your diet. You can get, right, it, from, yeah, you can get it from a protein shake. It doesn't matter. Yeah, recovery, but like he told me pretty much take like creatine. Testosterone, cypionate. I, I take I take creatine. <laughs> creatine, beta alanine, fish oils, and vitamin D was like. Yeah. The, the head of Cal State Fullerton was like, that's. Yeah. Well, I get plenty of vitamin D from the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get plenty of vitamin D too, but it's because I hang out with like little handsome dudes all the time. I am. They just like emanate the sun. <laughs> it's like I love you. Sorry, Dennis. You're amazing. And yes, Avril, I've seen you out on the balcony making posts about getting your vitamin D. Now, yeah. is, is that correlate with something you've seen about bone healing? Yeah, so um, when I broke my ankle, I was like, "All right, I'm healing so damn fast." Google, what do I have to, <laughs> what do I have to eat? What do I have to do? And uh, I asked Chris actually Algeri, and uh, he sent me a he list of all the, yeah, he sent me a list of all the amounts of the different like nutrients that I really need to focus on, and vitamin D was one of them, along with uh, vitamin C, cal- uh, collagen. Uh, some other ones, iodine, and uh, I forget the rest, but I have them all. It's really good for your nails and <laughs> hair, right? All the pills, sorry? Collagen is really good for your nails and hair, right? Uh-huh, yep, nails, hair, skin. It's like the, the building blocks of your tissues. They're really amazing. It heals your joints and ligaments, right? especially. Yeah. It's supposed to actually heal your joints and ligaments. Yep. Tendons, ligaments, joints, all that, all your like cartilage and stuff, that's all collagen. Um, and so vitamin C, that helps your body to, uh, like if you're consuming collagen, it helps your body to absorb it a lot, like the, I don't know, more bioavailability or whatever the word is. And uh, if you like just have vitamin C, it helps your body to produce it more naturally. This feels like one of those gut health conversations where I want, <laughs> I want to believe yeah, that it's Ankle health, bone, yeah. freaking bone health. <laughs> I, I believe you. It sounds convincing, but also I haven't found a doctor that doesn't operate out of a strip mall selling collagen yet. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what the x-ray says on Friday. And if I'm healed, then I can shout from the rooftops that I know everything. I will eat my hat. Two weeks earlier. <laughs> I was meant to. Well, Chris knows everything. <laughs> Chris, so, Chris I do very knowledgeable, for sure. Yeah. 
Yes, he's almost a doctor, Chris Algieri. Yeah, well, he was going to be a, he wanted to be a doctor initially. And yeah. then, did he tell you the story? Yes, Chris is a friend of the show. We've had well, him on Yeah, okay, cool, yes. Yeah, is Chris Algieri smarter than Eddie Bravo? That's what I want to know. Uh, books, yeah, and he's even into that, he's into that side of conspiracy and whatnot, I think, too. So, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty intellectual, Chris Algieri. I literally only listen to the Joe Rogan podcast to hear Eddie Bravo's newest <laughs> theories on the universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are my favorite clips from Joe Rogan. Any <laughs> Anytime he has Eddie Bravo on, Eddie Bravo goes on those rants about the pedophilia rings or – and then the best is when they'll say something and he just gets squinty on. He goes, where'd you get your news? CNN? ABC? <laughs> <laughs> and just discredits everything they say. But Avril – I think uh, Friday you'll be getting some good news. Thank you for right. thank you for joining us. We don't want to keep you all night. We'll let you get back to keeping the leg yeah, elevated. I need, to, I need to finish my crab sandwich. Finish that crab sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. Admiral, nice to have you. Good talking. And Next uh, time we have you on, we want to hear about a street fight story you've ever had. I only have one. <laughs> next time we have you on and I don't even remember it story. my my best friend at the time she laughingly tells the story to everybody but well, we'll get her on too do you and her, do you and her still talk sorry do you and her still talk yeah yeah she's in Australia so right, so we'll have her on too and she'll tell the story as well <laughs> yes I'll ask her yeah alright <laughs> we want the street fight we want an update on the leg, and then maybe you can give some of our man following some insight on how to land a boxing supermodel. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's uh, search for them and tell me which ones you're looking for. <laughs> all right, sounds like a plan, Avril. Thank you again for the time. All right, Avril. Thanks for coming on. Bye, guys. Bye. I like how we're all waiting for her to sign off because I'm like, when Stan was like, <laughs> Stan's like, yeah, I've seen you on your uh, your patio getting that vitamin D. And I'm like, I've seen those videos in Miami. They always are giving the vitamin D on the patios and a high rides <laughs> in Miami. <laughs> hey, guy, guy talk. So you're watching Bang Bus. You see some porn star like, hey, get in the van. Like, Knowing that, like, everybody's going to see it. Do you get in the van? Do you do the deed? I'm like, oh. Depends on how much they're paying. I but don't. I don't. Just, the, the payment is that you get to bang the porn star. I don't even think. Oh, you're saying the guy. When the guy gets on yeah, the Yeah, when they pick up when oh. a porn star in the van, like, hey, you want to have a go at her? And she's out there like, yeah, touch my tit. And the guy's like, she's nice. And, like. I feel like it's a lot easier to entrap a dude into that. Like, the ones that I'm used to seeing are, like, a swarthy Puerto Rican with, like, an 18-inch dong who's in the van, and they, like, kidnap a young, unassuming girl and try to give her a ride home. You know, and I'm like, well, how much are they paying? Because, honestly, this seems real skeevy. Yeah. I would just do some... I've seen the other way, where the porn star's already in the van. They pull up the random guys, like, hey, you want to, like, have sex with her? She's like, yeah, do you? Like, I wouldn't be able to run for political office after that. I'll just tell you that. Like, I'd be like a Anthony Weiner level. You know, be like, oh, yeah, man, for sure. Future, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, you like you have to assume, like, your kids might see you laying pipe. With pride. With pride. <laughs> <laughs> or any, you know, 
Don't yeah. embarrass your family. Put on a good performance. Just picture your Asian yeah. father telling wow. you, yeah, you're letting the whole family down if you don't do this right. And even one thing that Avril was saying, all the things that Chris Algieri told her to take, I wanted to be like, was the last thing vitamin D? Because he might have meant something else. Where he's like, collagen, vitamin C, blah, 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 and a little bit of vitamin D. Just a little. But no, Chris Algieri is a professional. Bro, I mean, I laugh because we talk about supplementation. Um, this is a segue into like a moderately serious thing, but like most people are taking supplements with no idea what their what their blood levels are already. Like, what what does it look like? What does your body got in it, right? And also, just because you have a vitamin D deficiency, I know that we've talked about it like that. Like, um, I'm sure she doesn't. <laughs> but all that being said. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I had a vitamin D deficiency. One of the things that we talk about a lot over at Softly is, um, like toxic exposures. And Dennis saw what we, like, how we live. Like, we had it pretty good for Iraq, but like the contaminants and everything where we live are super huge, like lead and heavy metals and a bunch of other, you know, like asbestos and stuff like that. And, um, like, I had a vitamin D deficiency for like five years. And because the, of those environments, yeah, well, it's, it's like a really weird thing, right? Yeah, it's because of those environments. But um, what was happening was like my lead levels were so high that my body wasn't producing vitamin D because it saw my lead levels as calcium. So like for years, doctors were like, well, just take more supplements, take more vitamin D supplements. And I'm going, sure, man, cool. Also, my numbers aren't going up. What the fuck? <laughs> and yeah. then... Once we did some lead remediation and some like immune system boosting stuff to try to kind of get the lead out of my system and I stopped touching so much lead, I shot less, I was smarter about how I did it. Um, then you see like the lead levels drop, the vitamin D is coming back up. And then it was like, I had the testosterone of like an 80 year old dead man, you know, and then yeah. everything just kind of came back up. So a lot of this, like, well, these are the only supplements you need to take. And it's like, I mean, Everybody's different. Yeah, and, and you need to get tested, right? You need to like go and have like a performance test, like a full battery done, you know, at least yearly. Like where are you at? What does your testosterone look like? What are your vitamin levels? What is your cholesterol? You know, are your hormones okay? Um, it gives you a lot better idea. You know, I mean, we joke about Stan gaining weight because he broke his leg, but like when was the last time you had a full like medical test on Stan? Um, no, probably like a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, Man, really? Yeah. <laughs> what everything they, right, so what are your levels, Stan? I don't know. What do you talk? I had like my cholesterol taken, blood work and whatnot done probably like a year and you a half. You got a generic physical. Yeah. Sometimes, so the generic physical only hits a few wave tops, right? And they're going to hit your cholesterol. But like you might want to ask for a testosterone test. Um, you might want to ask for like a stress hormone test because a lot of us like are pegged out on cortisol and a bunch of other stuff because you're drinking like Mountain Dew Code Red or, you know, whatever the fuck it is that you're crushing. And, um, so getting an idea of where you're at on that and kind of trying to reestablish a baseline goes a long way for getting you back. I mean, we, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm almost 40 now and if, you know, shape. yeah, I mean, I'm in okay shape, but I know that like, I see a lot of other dudes around me that are like, you know, they feel like shit and it's like, well, my diet sucks and I don't sleep really good. I'm like, Hey man, all those things are fucking you. But also like, there's a very real chance that the way, yeah, the, the way you live, man, fuck that. You see that old ass doctor in Florida. That's like jacked as fuck. That's like selling testosterone. He's you know what I'm talking about? I, with white hair. 
yeah, the white haired dude that's just just ripped. Yeah, like you don't have to get old. <laughs> not not it's the twenty first century, man. People just don't have to get old. It's an yeah. excuse. But like, if you feel bad, it's easy to get old, if you will. Oh yeah, dude. Cause Easier. Because we get lazy. Because when we get right. older, we're like, well, fuck it. I don't need. I don't have to be useful anymore. You like it? Yeah. I mean, you're not fighting anymore, right? Yeah, man. So that's something that I'm glad we're kind of talking about. It's like, man, I need. I'm like, man, do I get on a PD to get ripped up and have an excuse to want to work out or feel better to work out? Because I get up at five thirty in the morning and I Are get done. Work. What's up? You're doing line work now, right? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's a fucking badass job. It is fucking, it is pretty cool. Uh, so, I mean, some days are fucking tough days where I'm fucking dragging wire and climbing poles and pulling shit, you know? Uh, but it's only like one, two, maybe three reps where like working out, you need to do 30 over three sets, kind of, where that's what makes the muscle. But when you're working 60 bigger. hours a week, you're not motivated to fucking hit the gym. Yeah, so I mean, the the guys that that I work with that are fucking jacked, they get up at like three thirty, three o'clock in the morning. They lift. What time do they go to bed? Some other things too. I mean, uh, that's the thing, man. If you're not going to bed, like the one of the things that I think is funny is like nowadays we talk about like testosterone deficiencies, and most guys that are deficient on testosterone have garbage sleep, and like. For every hour less than eight hours of sleep a night that you get, you're seeing like a 15% reduction in natural testosterone production because that's when your body is fucking cranking it out. You know what I mean? That's where the, the body is the most healing, right? So like guys that are like, man, I feel like shit. I'm like, yeah, man, well, you got to go to bed at eight. If you're going to get up at three in the morning, you got to go to bed at like seven or eight at night. And guys don't do that shit because it's fucking, it's still light outside. It goes against your yeah. rhythms. It sucks, you know? I mean, yeah. At least you're active. I mean, that's, it's like working the oil field, you know? Like, I, you don't see a lot of fat dudes working in the oil field unless they're like, Well, the thing is, all, like, I'm utility. I'm not like, so there is a good amount of sitting around. Like, let's say it rains. Like, under our union contract, like, we don't have to do line work. Yeah. So we won't that do line dangerous. work if it's raining unless somebody's out of power. Okay. Is it more dangerous when it's raining? I mean, just water is more conductive for electricity. But you're in that like lead bucket, right? <laughs> like, well, I mean, me right now, I'm, I'm I'm still technically an apprentice, so I'm hooking, I'm climbing the poles. Okay, right on. Uh, but yeah, those, there are those buckets and some of that. But I so mean, this, it's, is, this is an upgrade for you, money wise, though, right? Like, I I've, I've always been intrigued by fighters because it seems like you guys are like literally living fight to fight. And I know you and I talked about how you you socked money away early on in your career yeah. because of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. But like, you know, talking with Ashley and her being like, dude, it's like fight to fight is how I feed myself. And I was like, damn, you know, that's a lot. You would have to be that mainstream fighter that only has to fight one to two times because it, oh, it makes sense. To be doing pretty good. I mean, you guys yeah. average more money than like low level boxers for for regular UFC fights, right? I believe so, right, Stan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's still hand them out, right? It's like thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year worth of money just to be a, a like regular UFC. I mean, 
So, I mean, I was number six in the world at one point. I worked myself up to when I retired, I was getting 50,000 to fight, 50,000 to win. Dude, that's awesome. It's awesome. But my last three fights before that were the same thing. And I got split decisions, split decisions, split decisions, losses. Well, like. Yeah. Yeah, I made $150,000 by the pay. My corners, my whole camp on $50,000. Yep. Every fight. And then over the whole year, I get taxed on it. Yep. No, that shit sucks, like, man. Damn. Where I'm seeing some of these linemen now topped out or making, you know, and they work a lot. You know, these guys are working 1,600 hours of overtime and they're, they're ending the year, you know, 230 grand. Yeah, you're working for that 40 and everything else. Like, I, I used, I miss those days though, where you're like working a job where it's like, man, I'm just clocking off till the first 40's done. And then everything after that's fucking yeah. just up fucking fat, right? Yeah. So now, are you still active military, Doug? Oh, I'm I'm still in the National Guard. Um, There's two special forces groups in the Army that are National Guard groups. Um, So, like, we deploy every three to four years for, like, larger scale six-month deployments. And then in between that, we'll do things like uh, training exercises in other countries, uh, like joint operations, like... um, we do a lot of exchange stuff. We have relationships with some Eastern European nations as well. So we'll go do exercises there. Um, it's um, it's pretty interesting. When I first got on, I uh, was in a unit that had uh, our area of operation was like uh, Latin America. So Spanish was the, the big kicker, but Arabic was my language. So I basically had to use like long haired interpreters kind of thing. You know, like... like Who's the hottest chick here that will hang out with me and tell me how to order food? You know what I mean? It's like not a bad gig. Um, I was lucky. Uh, maintaining proficiency in Arabic is basically impossible. Like dudes that are way smarter than me do it. And I'm like literally like, oh, fuck. I forgot how to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I transitioned over. I, I, um, I test in Arabic, French, and Spanish every year, but um, I think that the common misconception is that Army Special Forces is like the last action hero. Like it's a bunch of like badass dudes. Uh, we're kind of like a Swiss. You are. Hang on, Doug. You are. <laughs> no, I mean, we're teachers, bro. I'm telling you, like we're we're force multipliers. So like when I was uh, when I first got into Special Forces, I got a mission in Afghanistan where my team was in charge of training a battalion sized element, um, like almost a thousand guys um, of like host nation kind of local police force. And we led them into combat as a 12 man team. So like we've got, well, and we had three guys get killed in the first two weeks we were there and uh, in an ambush, like an uh, improvised explosive device. So we were down, we were like nine guys and we were leading you know, almost a thousand dudes in active operations. We were teaching them how to be better. Um, we teach them, you know, field sanitation, healthcare, um, like human rights stuff. Like we're not, we're not a hundred percent engaged in direct action combat, but we, we, um, we train, advise and assist. Right. So like we're, we're also accompanying them as well. One of the ways that we, one of the ways that we demonstrate leadership is to go with them on missions. Um, these days, the the AAA missions are they're less 
prevalent in a lot of countries in Africa, especially with a lot of the conflict that's happened there. Uh, the U.S. is less interested in putting uh, actual special forces guys on the ground. So we end up, you know, being kind of tethered to a base where we train guys, we equip them, we teach them how to use stuff, we take them to the range, um, we teach them how to be more proficient in, you know, whatever that area's problems are, whether it be like, you know, counter narcotics or human trafficking or like, you know, counter violent extremist organizations. But like in the end, um, we're all really, well, a lot of us are, are really, our strength is in teaching, um, guys mentoring and developing capabilities in other in other partner forces so like you think would you say you teach more men outside the united states than you do that are in the united states oh 100 percent. i i taught at the special forces engineer committee for three years um teaching like um uh, explosives techniques and like uh, construction, a bunch of other different like field aspects for special forces engineers. And I think over the time I was there for three years, I think I taught like, I don't know, a little over a thousand guys. And I've probably taught, I don't know, I mean, total nine or 10,000 uh, host nation guys over the course of a uh, 15 year career. Um, and you're, you're like the type of guy that when they go mad is like bad. You know how to make bombs. You can break into cars. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like vehicle uh, vehicle acquisition. Like we've been to Thug One Hundred and One schools, so like learning how to rip and run cars and run cell phones and do like tracking, surveillance stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that stuff. Oh, look at that shit, man! The trap house. Those are the memories. <laughs> that was a weird deployment, man, because we were actually. Can we you were, tell, can you, so the trap house is where I met you. Can you tell the people about the trap house? So it's an old Iraqi hospital that we occupied as a house and it had like 27 rooms and there was only like 13 of us living there. Uh, we had converted one of the bathrooms into an armory. So like we had a bunch of like missiles, like literally missiles and stuff in the bathroom. Good thing I didn't go to that bathroom or, or better yet, good thing Diego didn't go to that bathroom. No, there was a big there's a big lock on that door because there are, it's a it's actually kind of a it's it's a sensitive program that we had there that was like protected by a whole two padlocks. <laughs> but I was like when when you guys came in, I was like, ah, don't let them in the fucking armory. There's a bunch of shit in there, right? Like <laughs> but Obviously, it didn't stop us. Uh, we set up the roof as a rooftop bar. So we had like a bunch of like tables and a, and a bar. And then we had like the driving range on the rooftop, you know, and, uh, we had the disco ball. I mean, it was, it was a pretty plush setup. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. The thing is, like, when you're on those deployments, there's, I mean, like, I think you have a lady, right? You have a, a missus, but like, well, we, I was married when you and I hung out. Uh, I've been separated for eight months now, and I think we're okay. We'll be divorced in like in the spring. North Carolina's a little draconian about it, but we've been married for ten years, and um, it you know it's been an adventure the last eight months. I think I you went think like, military had a, a part with that, like a, a I, think that, I think me or being just, an asshole for about a decade had a lot to do with that. <laughs> like we get along; it's not a contentious divorce by any means, but uh, like it's still emotional labor when you've been with somebody yeah. for. A and you're like figuring out what it looks like to be on your own again. It's like, it's a challenge, you know? Um, yeah, man. I think marriage should be a 10 year lease. 
<laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, it's like been after ten years. Like you want to renew it? Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's run it back. Like, well, we're we're laughing because like uh, we had two very different takes on the COVID thing, right? Which is like for me, uh, like it's been the best thing ever. I've traveled all over the U.S gone on a bunch of road trips with the kids. We've been climbing and mountain biking and hiking. Like, dude, I mean, it's been a great excuse to kind of refocus on the things that matter. And my wife is like, this virus is serious and I'm not leaving my house <laughs> and like been dating, but like social distance dating. So it's like wearing a mask and staying 10 feet apart and talking about, I don't know, libraries or something, right? Like, <laughs> like it's not exactly exciting. If you ask me, I'm like, Fuck that, kids. Get in the truck. We're driving to Utah, and we're going to go on a spirit journey. <laughs> yeah, I had that, though, too. I had a lady friend that I was seeing, and we stopped talking because of COVID. Because I because I said, just hope. Like, even I wasn't saying, like, we need to open everything tomorrow. I was like, we should be looking at a realm or trying to figure out how to open things so we don't completely crash the economy. And her take was, nah, everyone's going to die. If we do that, everyone's going to die. My grandma's going to die. Do you see your grandma? No, but she's going to die. All right. You know well. I think it's funny. I had to come to terms with the fact that, like, well, my grandparents are dead. My parents are old enough that it might affect them, right? But I I told the guy, the guy was like, well, what about, what about my grandparents? I was like, I don't give a fuck about your grandparents, bro. I was like, I care about my family, and that's it. And I will be, like, super conscientious with them. Like, hey, uh, they came to visit me, and I think that my kid and I had had it. And um, I told oh, him you had the coronavirus. Yeah, but it was like so mild, man. Like, I mean, man, I have the, I have it right now. I'm not I have right the now. antibodies, right? So I'm like, you yeah, know, tell me exactly how you feel. Yeah, I mean, I yesterday you, I felt like death. Did you? But I had like the worst headache I've ever had, and I get migraines. But this was worse than a migraine. Like I couldn't even open my eyes, like and focus. I had such a bad headache. I definitely so today I had like a hundred and one fever. And it, it's definitely gone down. I definitely was at like 103 or 104 yesterday. I mean, I don't doubt that the thing is real, right? Like, I'm not like sitting here going, oh, man, science is fucked. Like, it's stupid. What I am saying is, like, if there's a 99% recovery rate on this shit and we're all wandering around like a bunch of fucking, like, dick licks, like, oh, man, we're all going to fucking die. You're like, man, chicken little, this whole fucking everything that you know is about to get flushed over a 1% virus. Yeah. And so Great. it's like a, a common thing over time. I don't want to be harsh about it or be like, oh, my parents, my grandparents, whatever. But I believe in Darwinism, survival of the fittest. If Dude, we go to, So I, I've been in and out of Africa for my, most of my fucking life. Like since I was eight years old, I've been going to Africa. And it's interesting if you look at like the famine and stuff like, you know, we also see like the world health, like, you know, like, a dollar a day will save these starving Ethiopian kids' lives, right? And if you look at, like, the the actual, like, I'm not a scientist. I'm sure people that watch your show are going to be shitting all over this. But, like, in a cycle, the, their economy and their agricultural base cannot support larger populations. So the idea that a disease, a pandemic comes in and kills off a lot of, like, the weaker people who can't support themselves is sustaining their entire ecosphere. And then we come in with a bunch of food and no sustained relief and we save a bunch of people's lives and then we, you know, multiply their population by 10x. And then 10 years later, 
it's the same famine, just 10 times worse. And then we got to do more. And I'm going, hey, man, like, I don't, I'm not a higher power kind of dude when it comes to like disease. <laughs> but also, is it so bad that we have a pandemic that could kill 1% of the population? Doug, we've never talked. <laughs> I, I am. I feel like I could definitely could have been military and kill people and not felt anything about like, hey, it's my I mean, job. Reasonably UFC fighter, you'd been fine, bro. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm like, man, we. I feel like the human race is actually killing the planet. So if we lost one percent. But the play will last a little bit longer. That's just my take. Look at dude. We just talked about how much you like want to drink, right? <laughs> like I drink a little bit. We're self-destructive as individuals. We're self-destructive yes. as a culture. Like it's like me, 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 me. And I don't give a fuck what the consequences are. And then there's a few good doers that are running around going, let's save the whole thing. Like everybody's important. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, Maybe everybody's important. We're here for a good time, not a long time. So, like, when I'm 80 years old, I don't want to sit down and be like, you know, I behaved super responsibly during the global pandemic of 2020. And I'm so glad that I didn't do any of the fun stuff I wanted to do in my life. And I'm still here boring as fuck at 80. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just over at uh, Stan. You know my buddy Mo, right? Yes. From so he's got a Lamborghini. He's got like a rare Lamborghini Super Lago that he drove across the country. And people are like, dude, what? Why'd you put that many miles on that car? That's like a rare car. He's like, dude, I'm only his lifetime one time. What am I knocking up miles on it so the next guy can? Like, fuck that. He got it. Like, he got out of Utah salts up to 208 miles per hour. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, dude. Super sexy. <laughs> like, you know, he was just like, you, like, and I, I sat there, I looked at him, I'm like, man, there's probably more millionaires than there are people that have done over 200 miles per hour in a car. Probably. I don't know. 200 miles an hour. Is that like fast? I think I did that in my mom's Jeep Grand Cherokee at one point. Oh, your mom's Jeep Grand Cherokee can't even do a hundred. Uh, like 140, man. Yeah. I was really cruising, bro. No chance, dude. Was your mom have an SRT? No, this is like a old. That was one of the straight six four liters, man. They'll get up and run. You just yeah. gotta have a run at it. You gotta be you can't be scared of the cops. That speedometer <laughs> might be 140, 160. Hang on, because I have a, I have an SRT eight Jeep. I got up to 150. It started becoming a little sketchy. A little. Because like, it started lifting. I'm like, like oh. oh. <laughs> Like, it, like the steering became very, like, I don't know if this is going to hang out here, you know? Long Island, hopefully Long Island State Troopers are listening to this uh, podcast, and they're going to make you pay for your sins. When? Every, when? Every, when did I do it? Everything on this everything show. Everything we see on here is rhetorical. Yeah, hypothetical. We're just telling lies and stories for the entertainment of people. Like, yeah. like, oh, you're going to tell me Diego Sanchez was fumbling a grenade? Yeah, right. That sounds like a funny Man. story we made up. <laughs> couldn't be true <laughs> yeah. yeah okay uh, Dennis Bermuda's beat up some military guy yeah alright dude I would also like to add that it was a shocker to me because I mean we might have been in our cups right we may have been drinking a little and Phil is a very big guy he's yes. like 240 240 and solid 
and he has an idiot switch like nobody I've ever met in my life. Like when Payne hits that dude, he's just like off. Like you can see his brain switches off and he's like, I'm going to do this thing. And they got to wrestling and Phil is like trying to keep him at arm's length for a little bit. And yeah, then- can, I, can I throw it? What's so up? There, Phil goes, who's the, he's, he's already probably in his own head, right? He's like, <laughs> who's the toughest guy you ever fought? So I was like, ah, try this guy in that Christ. He was, he went undefeated in, uh, high school. He goes, I lost twice. Let's go. I'm like, no, the guy, the guy I fought went undefeated. He's like, I lost twice. And you, I lost a bunch of times in high school. Like, I'm not, but he had this look where like, I wasn't like it. It was either I was fighting him right there on the spot, or I was gonna wrestle him like in this other room. I'm like fuck, dude. We go to the gym, which has like some jits pads laid down, shitty ones. And yeah. you guys like were it was. I was like, oh man, Dennis isn't gonna do anything. He's just gonna keep it arm's length. And Phil kept trying to like just brute strength you. And at a certain point, you just. Fucking got him in a hucklebuck. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Phil, I got him in a yeah, just straight on the bottom, and then fucking Dennis is slapping him in the face, going, "Come on, Phil, come on, what are you gonna do, big guy?" I get his back right, and he's just like, so mad. I tap him out, right? I tap him out. He goes, "Rematch." I'm like, one of these guys, huh? So then, the when I tapped on the second time, the one I posted on my story. You were like 180 walking around weight then, right? No, later than that. Were you really? Dude. I'm, I'm 185 now, and I'm fat. So, dude, it was just funny as fuck, because I was like, man, Phil's going to get this dude, because he's so much bigger than him. And then I watched Phil go down, and went, oh, shit. I guess being a pro fighter really does have some fucking uh, intrinsic benefit. Yeah, sometimes. There's some outliers, though. But even I've been walking around my whole life at a hundred, like like as an adult, going like I'm 185. That 135 pound Ultimate Fighter is a pussy. I can take him. And then I watched Phil, who like likes to roll wrestling with Dennis. I was like, never mind. I'm getting a gun. He had, he went with Diego first. They had kind of like well, Diego Diego's very like chill. Like I don't think Diego broke a sweat the entire time that he and Phil were like. So- I hang on. I actually disagree. Really? Because after I did if you feel what I did to Phil, Diego looked at me like differently. Like, oh. <laughs> Diego's that. even smaller than you, right? Diego was in my weight class at one point. Oh, was he? But when we went over there to the, on the trip, I think his last fight might have been at 145. Did so at first I'm like, oh, so you know, it's like, I'll whoop that ass. <laughs> Just, you know. Well, he was... He's pretty old, right? Like, how old was he when you guys were there? He's still old. Yeah, he's yeah. there. What is he? Four? He might be he's 40. He's creeping up on 40 now. He might be 40. Give me one second. Yeah, but I mean, dude, I mean, I will say this. 38. 38? Yeah. Yeah, but he's fighting since he's 18. Yeah. Well, I mean, and... 17. He just had an old soul demeanor. <laughs> And he talks about the funniest shit. It's like left field. He's actually shit. amazing. No, he's great, dude. I mean, you guys what? were fucking cool. I was dying laughing just because, like, you guys hung out with Lisa Jaster, too, right, while you were there? She was, like, the first female uh, 
ranger from the reserves. She was like a reservist. She was like a female major, kind of tall with like kind of blonde red hair. No, there was a girl that we rolled with, but she wasn't tall. She wasn't tall. She's five nine. I mean, she's tall for a chick. She's shorter than me. The girl I'm talking about. No, she maybe. was kind of jacked, like a mom yeah. of like three. Yep, that's Lisa. I thought she was tall. Maybe it's just her personality. But okay. like, she likes to roll a lot. And Lisa, I was laughing because Lisa, she's smart enough to know, like, you don't come to the Special Forces team house and hang out. Like, <laughs> when when guys throw socials at the team house, it's always like, I'm always like, oh, you guys got a girl to come over? She must be fucking stupid. <laughs> because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. her reputation is like, like if any girl that gets caught with a walk of shame out of a SF compound, people are like, oh, what were you doing in there? You know, yeah, like yeah. it's a bunch of SF guys in there. And you're like, look, man, nothing happened. We treated her with dignity and respect like a peer. Also, if you have half of a brain, you know you never go in the fucking SF guys compound because you're going to get a fucking reputation. Because you guys, you guys are like the, like the big dogs on campus. Um, at the camp we were at, we are like in the grand scheme of things, there's like, there are cooler kids. Um, SF guys are like typically a little older and they got a little bit more like real world experience, although that's changing. But I mean, like Ranger Regiment guys, um, have, they get way more funding than we do. Um, they're basically, I mean, they're running. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but like SF guys are like the group of guys in Predator. Uh, yes, that is, yes, that, that's, that's the cool crowd. That's the cool guys. Yeah. <laughs> Only I, pain. I don't care who's getting, nobody else can do it. Yeah. I don't like, care about who's getting more funding. 300, but we're going to have you six doing funding, funding matters because then you get the cool toys, right? So like there are definitely units above us that do cooler stuff. Their focus is like much more specific on like targeting like actual bad guys. And then the capability is called finish. So they'll, They'll finish the job. We do almost everything in house, and a lot of the time we'll build packets that like they may be attractive to a higher level unit, and the higher level unit will just take them from us. So like a lot of the time we do, we specialize in like low level source management. So like we we conduct meetings with you know local mullahs or you know tribal leaders, and we get to know the people on the ground. We usually get a good idea of what's going on, kind of like at a human level because we're in the community daily. Um, unlike a lot of other people that rely on like other sources of intelligence that are kind of like, like, uh, they're more expensive. Yeah, phones, fucking. It's stuff that we don't Texters. talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, the kind of stuff that I, you know, we, we just don't talk about that. So, like, my, my younger brother was, so he's in the coast guard. He was in, I think Miami, he's like, we know, we know of every drug that gets shipped out, but it's weird. There, our radar will miss it in a certain, like, like vital spot where he's like, I think it's like, all right, we'll let, how much, cartel? All right, we'll let you, allegedly. We'll let this one go through here. Alleg- uh, allegedly. I mean, I'm assuming that. The sheer volume of drug shipments coming from Central America are so big that it's, you know, I mean, TSA has been checking people's underwear for how many years and they still haven't found a single bomb. Yeah. I mean, the shoe bombers, whatever, all those guys get on planes. It's that there are other organizations that are managing things more effectively than like, 
I don't know. For example, like when, so, my brother has been to every single one of my fights, and then I was fighting in in uh, Mexico City. He's like, I can't go. You can't go to Mexico. Just if the cartel saw he was there, there was potential for. His higher ups were like, "You can't go to Mexico." I mean, I, I believe that because there is everyone in command of every military unit is deathly afraid that something bad is going to happen to them. That being said, I mean, before my 2011 rotation to Iraq, I was laughing because like at least three dudes from my company went to Colombia for like a week long vacation before we deployed without asking for any permission. I was like, "Where'd those dudes go?" Like, oh. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Hang on. Stan, I heard awesome things about Colombia. Awesome uh, things, yeah. Dude, if you're a fucking güero and you go to Colombia, you are made. Dennis, you're a little dark for it. I think they would they give you a hard time. But Stan, he's literally, like, it'd just be a bunch of, like, 20-year-old Colombian women telling him that uh, – Old bulls need to eat young grass. All right, hold on. Let me look up flights to Colombia. <laughs> like, Stan, I heard Colombia is awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, so you know my, my friend Dave, the guy who does Magic Menace that we tried to hang out with in Florida? He did his bachelor party. Or not 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 even his bachelor party, actually. Him and a bunch of friends like went gambling and vacationing in Colombia, and he said it's the fucking greatest place on earth. Dude. I know more disgusting, fat, old white dudes with like 22 year old supermodel fucking wives that they picked up in Columbia. It's insane. I don't get it at all. Well, I'm not what, allowed. What, what's the dollar over there in Columbia? I don't even know, man. It's not like that. It's just a cultural thing. Like, period. It's not like, oh, you showed it's up. Like, and it's not like they're trying to get out of that fucking country because of the dictatorship. It's, it's just like, man. It's like a nice country. Everybody's got jobs and like people are happy. It's fucking great, man. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Look, I got Stan fucking going down the rabbit hole. He's like, he's over there like, oh, and women. Yeah. That's my first Google search. And that's the one time that my tan would like fuck me. Oh, bro, it's super weird. They're, they're, uh, like, I've never met more racist people than Colombians, where it's we, like... We'll go there, and Menace will be carrying my bags and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you could be a fucking doctor, and your shade, like, your your skin color is, like, one shade too dark, and they're like, hmm, a little bit too much Indian in you, huh? Like, you're like, what? What, what are you guys talking about? This is like a fucking white-looking dude. Mm-mm, suntan, no bueno. Wow. So <laughs> all you single men out there... Yeah, Colombia, man. Go for it. Colombia. Or Peru, man. Peru's also a good one. You know? Honduras. Like, you know, they're all... You're going to do pretty good in all of these. Yes, my uncle is from Peru. He passed away, but he was actually a Peruvian drug... In, like, a Peruvian drug cartel. Really? Yeah. I don't understand. Here, Here's another topic. I don't understand this whole, like, uh, when you get into the drug cartels now. Like, it used to be, like... Pablo Escobar, right? Like, Plato y Ploma. And, like, those guys were kind of classy dudes. They dressed up like uh, they were going to a nightclub in Miami. And now if you're in a drug cartel, it's literally just, uh, like, face tattoos, like your whole face, your whole body. I think, like, F-13 action? Or... Yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, what... 
I don't understand why if you're going to be a criminal, why you have to fucking wear it like it's like a face billboard. Russian mafia guys at least hide it under clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even make- uh, Akuza, right? They have those tattoos that you can't see. Yep. Unless the clothes are off. Yeah, I supposedly now this is like some rumored shit since we're since we're all bullshitting like Eddie Bravo over here. <laughs> like it's it's because they want to be identified after they get their hands, head, feet cut off, right? Like when they're killed, like you can identify the body based on their tattoos, but I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. I mean, seem like pretty fierce customers. I don't think I'd want to fuck with those dudes. Yeah. And so I saw one report. I'm sure you'd have a little more intel on it. Where is the military right now as far as the COVID? I heard that the numbers were like doubling in the well, last. Well, we're not. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any idea. I've heard tons of rumors. I mean, I think that most of the most of the schools and travels pretty much frozen. But I mean, also, everybody I know is still doing business as usual. Um, like as far as deployments and stuff like that goes, um, the big thing is, I guess that they're just instituting mandatory quarantine before you go into theater and on your way out. So when you come back, you just got to sit around by yourself for 14 days while you wait. So I know we're kind of like always in some kind of conflict or war. Like, where are we at war right now? Or where are we? Where are troops deployed right now? We're at war nowhere. <laughs> like we we have not declared war anywhere. But last I checked, we had troops in like over two hundred countries all over the world doing different things. I mean, spy, doing, spy yeah. shit. Um, no, man. Just I mean, like train, advise, assist, like building relationships. It's really interesting. DoD has such a big budget, and they have access to places like. The State Department doesn't have typically good relationships with like military uh, complexes in other countries. I mean, they have relations, but they they have military liaisons and stuff like that. So one way they build relationships diplomatically is through um, enhancing other countries' military capacity, their security. Um, you know, I mean, one of the biggest missions of Special Forces is foreign internal defense, which means like we go in and we bolster their internal security mechanism. So like preventing insurgencies or, you know, training their troops to deal with that kind of stuff more effectively. It's it's a cool job, man. It's I mean, it's a people job. It's one of those things where like, you know, it's, it's a lot about like developing relationships and just maintaining them over the years because you never know. Um, it's also... Uh, you can't train guys too good because typically 50 years from now, they might be the dudes that you're fighting in the next conflict, right? As we've seen a few times, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when we left Iraq in 2011, a bunch of the dudes that I was working with, the Iraqi Special Operations Forces, the ISOF guys, they were going AWOL because of some political concerns. So they are all going back to their houses. And I was like, hey, man, what are you going to do? with your life like uh you were you're in the military like you're not gonna get a paycheck or whatever and the guy's like oh man he's like i am a sniper and an assaulter trained by the best units in the u.s military for the last 10 years there is always work for me in iraq (laughs) and i'm like right on bro like i'm gonna go home now and i'm gonna leave (laughs) you to it (laughs) uh whatever hey real quick whatever happened with the korean fucking dictator is he actually, was he dead or was he not dead or he wasn't dead? The, yeah. the young, right? Yeah. The replacement. Uh, what's his name? Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. Yeah. He's yeah, he, I heard he wasn't. It's, but... it's either a body double or 
the initial report was that he faked his death to find out who was disloyal in his cabinet. Which is a tried and true dictator ploy. I mean, Erdogan did it in Turkey. Um, you know, the, the fake coup is a, is a classic. Like, hey, he's a terrible guy. Let's put him out of power. And the whole time he's got like 10 dudes doing it for him just so you can see. He's like, yeah, he sucks. Let's kill him. And then he's like, haha, joke's on you. You're all fucking dead. Yeah. Crazy. That's a trick you should pull, Dennis. You should like fucking, you should talk to people about like whether or not you guys should fuck up Stan. You know, like this dude. Oh, I have Stan. <laughs> Stan is actually, except for if you try to take him down, he tries to defend the takedown. He's actually, except for that, He's almost indestructible. I mean, I believe that. Uh, I like the fact that he was talking about his compound fracture. He can outdrink pretty much, or at least hold his ground. I punched him probably a dozen times. Or at least struck him, whether it was a leg kick or a liver (laughs) shot, a dozen times. And This is how you express your care and affection, right? I feel like... Stan, do you feel the The fact that he can take yeah. it and stand there and smile back at me like, we're friends. I like you. Yeah. I've always right. been like he, that. He, like, wheeled up and was like, ah, I so much again. Like, showed weakness. Like, fuck you, you fucking. Here's the real question, though, guys. Like, I'm always interested in small business, right? So, like, wait, I'm. are you making money off Twitch? Twitch. Oh. I haven't uh, put enough time into it. Because you guys were like, hey, we play video games. I feel like Twitch is, like, I see kids making like millions of dollars a year playing. No, you're not wrong. Um, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. We and we capitalize on this. You're you're doing live. Well, so those kids that you see making millions are really, 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 really good. And I guess they're probably pretty good at not dropping in bombs over their headphones while they're like recording themselves too. Yeah, probably that's probably in there too. They're you know, uh, whereas me, I'm just cursing and yelling. I can like, never be on Twitch. Good. I'm like like 500, if that, a little bit below. Oh, dude, I'm just getting slayed 24-7. Someone convinced me to download. Dude, play Call of Duty? Yeah, dude, Warzone's fucking rad. Uh, but, like, oh, I do. Oh, my God. It's done. We're going to squad up. What do you play on? Uh, PlayStation 4. I'm going to DM you. We're going to get the, I'm going to get me and you and Stan in on the talk. We'll yeah, I'm down. down. I'm, I fucking. Oh, I have whoa, 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 Stan. So, Doug, I'm a bad friend. Uh, because I didn't buy the game yet. Oh, Ghost Recon. Doug is a character in Ghost Recon. Are you we serious? Got, uh, yeah, we yeah. got our friend in there. We, dude, we had a we have a buddy of mine who was one of the writers for the for Ghost Recon, which is actually pretty funny because I don't know shit about video games, right? Like I played Call of Duty all these years. I actually really liked Wildlands. I, I played that first. I was like, this is pretty cool. It's like a clear cut storyline, not too complicated. Uh, this new Ghost Recon, like, holy shit. I got lost so fucking fast. And it's like, I got super frustrated because it's like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just constantly upgrading. It's like a weird looter storyline combo. I understand why everybody fucking hated it. Like, I'm here to say, I'm really glad we were involved in the project. It was a lot of fun, but. I downloaded Warzone, and that shit is like 10x way better. Because because I saw you're in the game, I'm like, fuck it, because I liked... Was it Wildlands? I liked the one where, like, me and my brother are playing, fucking he tags somebody, I tag someone, we count the three, we headshot them, yep. we advance, you're not setting up alarms, it's fucking... 
So you're telling me the new one's that. not like that? Dude, Ghost Recon, the, the new one... Um, like I beat, I killed the Predator. Yeah, Breakpoint is crazy because they spent a lot of money getting John Bernthal into the game as a main character. But the funny part is that Bernthal's character isn't actually like an integral character in the game. Like The actor? Yeah, you kill him pretty early on. Um, the Punisher, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a really novel concept, but it seemed like they got too much groupthink at a studio level and like what they were producing. And it just, it was all these things and none of them were really that good, right? And then I played Ghost, the, the new Call of Duty, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is badass. Here's a funny story, and I won't name any fucking names because I don't want to fucking get anybody in trouble. But the dude that we knew who worked on the Ghost Recon franchise, who's fucking, he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's a fucking Green Beret as well. Uh, a picture of him was on the internet when he was on a deployment in Afghanistan. And the dudes from Call of Duty actually used that picture to create a character in the fucking new Call of Duty game of him. He's working on the Breakpoint project and they're using his likeness for a character in the fucking first season of the Call of Duty game. Which I was like, I saw the picture, I was like, man, that looks like my homie. And I called him, and I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh no, it's all over Reddit. He's like, there's a picture of me right next to it. And people were already like, like, holy shit, the dude from Breakpoint is fucking a character in fucking the new Because they came out relatively close. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think like three months apart or something. Yeah, because the thing is like, I don't have a ton of time to play video games, and I knew if I bought that game, and I was going to buy it right away, but I just, I was fucking caught up in shit. I'll shoot you a code for it, so you can get it for free. Uh, cause I think I got some extra codes laying around still, but like, it's one of those deals where, like, it was fun, man. It was really fun to play. It's super cool to see, like, our shit in the game, but like, yeah. video games are integrating real world stuff so slowly, and a lot of brands aren't really about it. They don't understand that it's free advertising, so like, there's constant struggles between uh, like gun companies and video games where it's like a video game will use a gun and they they can't use the actual terminology for the gun because the manufacturer's like, hey, if you use this, like, like for instance, Glock, I think Glock spends more money on a legal team pursuing patent infringements or like, like trademark infringements than they do yeah. on advertising. Hey. So like they're going to sue every video game company that says G19 or whatever on a fucking pistol. So they got to make something that looks like it, but then call it something else because they don't want to get fucking a cease and desist or like get sued. You know what I mean? This is insane. I mean, the thing that kills me is video games are like bigger than any movie. and Or sports even. Yeah. So like if, if I was a company like, dude, I mean, we have a company like Softly got feature billing and Ghost Recon. Yeah. And like, it's super cool. Uh, the, the people from that studio are awesome. Uh, they really do their best to try to make it more realistic. The problem is between the people who write the stories and the people who are like working out game mechanics and the like actual tech advisors, there's like a dissonance on like what works best, right? It's like, if you're going to film a movie, like it doesn't matter doing it the way that's real looks super shitty on film. <laughs> so, yeah. Instead, we, like, ham it up and do the John Woo thing because it fucking feels cool, right? Um, nobody wants to see me in a firefight in Afghanistan. Are you buttons on and move around for the game, or...? Yeah, dude, uh, mocap is definitely, like... I did that for UFC! Pretty rad, right? Yeah! Yeah, it's fucking... Yeah, like, 
wooden gun that you move around with and shit. Um, so the different gun producers will send like mock-ups, like rubber ducks of those guns. And a lot of the time too, they'll have like a green one so they can insert the digital thing. Right. Uh, we went to the studio and my kid was working on, uh, they were working on, uh, uh, what's the one which, uh, it's like a Tom Clancy franchise, uh, Silent, Silent, Six? Silent Hill, not Silent Hill. It's, uh, whatever one's the one where they're like, it's like post apocalyptic thing in cities. So it's oh, like a- fuck. Um, I know I exactly what you're talking about. I have the game. I'm just drawing a blank. I can't remember what it, uh, the, the, the division. Yes, division. They're, they're which, dude, the level of art that goes into that is, fucking insane. I was standing there watching a guy work on his computer. And he's like in a cave, you know, and he's like placing different terrain like to make this cave like, you know, textured and stuff. And then he like zooms out with his roller and it like zooms back out out of the fucking thing into like streets and cities and like I'm like, "Holy shit, did you build?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I built this whole thing from scratch." And I'm like, "How the fuck did you just randomly decide there's going to be like a sewer system and caves here and shit like that it's just like a huge rabbit hole and my eight-year-old she was with me and they were like letting her play with a game and she put these like 400 foot dogs over dc and she was like yeah this is super cool i was like man you're probably gonna want to take those out of there (laughs) before the game starts so you're gonna be really weirded out by these like 400 foot tall dogs just kind of standing there over the city Jesus, it's a cool experience though yeah, video games are so fucking cool, man. I mean, it's especially a lot of work. Guys, they kill some time. Like, you, you know, I mean, there's, especially uh, when you're a boy, you can't drink. There's, you know, not saying you're, you know, there's no girls they interact with. You know, it's just like, fuck. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, video games are pretty, they're cool. I'm, my problem is I get sucked down the rabbit hole there, right? Where it's like, once you start, like, you yeah. just playing and playing and playing. Like, I gotta go to bed. Well, eh, what's another half hour? Then you're up for a half hour. Eh, it's like, it's another four hours. Every time I say it's another half hour, I'll look at my watch and be like, oh shit. We have, we have a meme right there in this episode. When talking to a hot girl, yeah, video games suck. Nope, don't play them. When you were talking to Avril before, you're like, nope, we don't play them. We don't talk about them. When to- <laughs> Dennis is like, not me either. I yeah. don't play them either. And I was like, ow! <laughs> And then when talking to your boys. We all know I do. We all know I do. When talking to your boys, video games are so cool. They really are. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, yeah. Doug, we'll, we'll definitely drop in on some Warzone. Menace will do some face paint action. Yeah, I'm down. Menace did face paint action in real life, by the way. I have some pictures of him and some video of him. Yeah, I showed up to his house, Stan, full face paint. <laughs> and he was like, "Is this guy real?" Like, we what played dress up. I gave him yeah. a bunch of guns and a uniform, and then we put him in a freaking oh. a razor, and they went and tore around camp. Like, yeah, like been being in his house for ten minutes, I was full head to toe, gun in hand, helmet on, fucking uh, nocturnals on. If you have some of those, if you have some of those pictures, shoot them over to Menace. We'll use them to promote this episode. Uh, dude, I've got them. Uh, let me oh, take I around. Got, go back I got but I was <laughs> like, I can't so. release them because I've been trying to get Dennis to come down here and do some shit with us too. But you know, like he's got a real job now, and like well, we, the thing is, we can maybe uh, me and Stan will come down for like a long weekend. I'm down with this life. We will have all the fun. I got plenty of room in my house. Like we can 
go shoot guns. Uh, I got like a hundred pounds of tannerite that I need to blow up. So like, you know what we'll yeah. do? We'll do a live episode, and all of a sudden there'll be a knock at the door, and it'll be Phil. Like I want the fucking rematch. Oh, bro, I'm telling you, if you and Dennis come down here, Phil will fucking come up here with a wakeboarding boat. We will fucking we will rip shit up. It's the third thing. It's almost like we won't have enough time, right? Uh, dude, a four-day weekend? We'll make the time, bro. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it, too. Well, I like that many activities. We're like, I don't know. Like, we're just, we're packed schedules. We're just doing awesome pack, shit. You know? We'll just be like, ah, shit, fuck it. Here's what happens. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, dude, we're going to do all this dope shit. First night I get there, I get fucking hammered. Don't worry, man. We'll fucking take <laughs> like, Next right. day, I'm like, I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, seriously, uh, pick a weekend. I got a guy. So, um, one of my buddies is a big time tattoo artist who is on like Ink Masters, and uh, he's gonna come tattoo. down like the first weekend in August and do some fucking tattooing in the office. So, okay. like, yeah, if you guys want to, I mean, come down. We'll make it like a big fucking bacchanal tattoo fest, shooting guns. Dan doesn't have a tattoo. Stan, would you get a tattoo at the event? I will. I got my first tattoo. Wow. Wow. I'm a clean canvas, yeah. Look how pale he is, dude. He's like a whiteboard. I mean, that means he can get color really good. We should get a real veiny dick and just like tattoo it on him. Like first tattoo, penis. Yeah. I'll yeah. get I'll find like a vein on my forearm or something, and you get it like right there. Pulse it and the dick. Oh, he's talking shit. Hey, he's talking shit right now. Who, who me? Yeah. How I'm not gonna I'll get a tattoo. I'm not getting a dick. Yeah, your mom would strangle you. Bad. Or Wait, how old do we stand? I'm 34. You're 34 years old, and Dennis is still talking about what your mom would think about you getting a tattoo. He, your he, mama's boy. He, no, is he? A, no, Dennis. Dennis, last... Dennis always talks about my mom. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> is Dan a good Italian boy? Uh I'm half Italian, a quarter Irish, and a quarter Polish. I feel like that is the ultimate combination for someone who's like still unhealthily attached to their family. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult. Like yeah. it's good though. Good for you guys. <laughs> I I wish that I had that level of closeness with my family. I I purposely get tattoos just so that I can embarrass my mom. Yeah. My brother in law is heavily tatted up. He's got the whole sleeve and whatnot. Brother in law, not your brother. No, brother in law. Judges your sister for poor taste in men. Yeah. <laughs> Why did she get that boy with all the tattoos? I don't know. Well, he knocked her up, so I guess she had to. <laughs> Doubly poor choices. No, they, they were married first. Uh, look at him get all the tattoos. <laughs> no, I'm just stating the facts. Stating the facts. But Doug, you're the man. We'll keep you here all night if you want. But we'll wrap this up, man. It's got to no, go. I to gotta sleep. go to bed, I man. Go. I gotta go to bed too, guys. But hey, man, this was awesome. I did not know that I was getting entrapped into a podcast where we got to talk shit to a super badass uh, Australian supermodel boxer. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Well, we no, could. Gotta, we could set, on the. We could set this up a whole a bunch of different ways. We'll get you on with a bunch of pro fighters and whatnot, and we'll get you to talk shit to them too. We're into that. Nothing makes me at a distance. I'm like, oh shit, they ain't nothing, and I'm all like, man, that chick will whip my ass with a broken leg. <laughs> he goes on Instagram, like, oh wow, she was. Yeah, definitely. Oh, because yeah, she has like two hundred something thousand followers. I was trying to set the softly. Oh, like, bro, nothing that. First of all, 
that that girl wanted nothing to do with scumbags like us. I love that you're like, well, you were like, I saw you saw it going that direction. You're like, let me guess, you're a vegan. (laughs) (laughs) She's so nice, though. Like, that's the worst part. You talk to people like that, and you're like, man, I almost feel bad making fun of you a little bit, but also that's who I am, so I'm just going to run with it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, she's a sweetheart, though. And a pro sure. fighter, a pro fighter, so she knows the community and whatnot. You th- that, Stan, does she come back on the show? Yeah. Okay. I think so. She, I want to hear a street fight story. Yeah, and I think she had a good time. And then once you know, she realized what we said that we're friends with Chris Algieri. Chris Algieri is a friend of the show. Maybe we'll get her back on with Chris Algieri and Doug. My dog is really riled up right now. I don't know what has her fucking amped up but she she must know that we're doing a podcast and she are you overseas right now or you're in north carolina i'm in north carolina okay because you said you were doing a selection no so we we run an event at my unit um four times like quarterly four times a year and um we do like we screen for guys that we're going to send to special forces assessment and selection so we had a dozen guys show up and we picked two dudes to send a selection out of the dozen um, we had five heat casualties night one. So like we had like an IV festival where we were just sticking everybody and hoping that they didn't die. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> um, am I too old now? Uh, how old are you? 33. Nah, bro. You're still good. We can get you in. He was trying to recruit me to like, yeah. dude, you definitely get in here. I was like, bro, you can do this I shit. I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. I think. Well, uh, dude, the next time we do a fucking uh, an SFRE, I'll get you linked up with my recruiter guy, and you can come down and do the two day event and see. Fun. How, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, or if maybe you do a good job, then they're going to be. I'm like, good on a career now. I'm working on lines. Yeah, but I mean, dude, I'm telling you, this is an opportunity to do everything you ever wanted and to escape your family guilt free. You can just like be like, hey, forgotten country, I got to go deploy. You know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I just I just don't do good without my lady friend. For... Uh, dude, there's plenty of lady friends. Like uh, I've never. Your <laughs> <laughs> shot. I like it though. All right, man. I love you, dudes. This is rad. Let's do it again later. All right. For sure, dude. You're the for man, sure. Doug. Thank you for joining hey, us. Take it easy, Doug. All right, out of here. Stay safe out there. Yeah, you too, man. We'll talk to you guys a little later. I like that. Doug's a real one, Stan. Oh yeah. He's our alley. Oh yeah. Out. Yeah. Drinks, you know, I got that vibe. Out. I would definitely party with him. Yeah. We should uh try to plan that weekend one weekend. That would be a fucking dope weekend or a dope weekend. Yeah, and it would be a lot of good content we could make. Yeah. We'll get the you and Phil rematch. We'll get some boating in. We'll shoot some guns, and it'd be fun. But uh, yeah. let's wrap this up. It's been very long. There's a card tomorrow. We'll just do the. Uh, so you saw the thing with Jared Gordon, his whole corner tested positive for the coronavirus. His whole corner. His corner was going to be from H Kickboxing. I'm not sure who it was. Probably uh, Greg Jones and uh, maybe Herbert. I don't know who it was, but his whole- I know his whole corner tested positive. Yeah, and then he said that like Usman had said like that he would stay and corner him and whatnot, but he figured it out. He's going to have Paul Felder, Gary Tonin. And I think the guy Nick from, um, what's we call it, Extreme Couture, okay, are gonna corner him. But it worked it's, out. It's a solid corner. Yeah, but Jared's fighting tomorrow. Hopefully, he gets a W. 
And then we won't even go through the card, really. We'll just go to Jimmy Rivera, Cody Stamen. How do you see that one going? I would like to see Jimmy Rivera get on the uh, – you know what? I'm going to go all three of my picks. Well, what's where are the odds on Stamen? Because we go odds, who you want to win, who do you think is going to win? I'd imagine Stamen might be a small favorite, or it's probably close. Small favorite, huh? Yeah, just because Jimmy has had. Oh, a- then all across the board, I'm going to Jimmy Rivera. Let me see. Who I want to win, who I think is going to win, who I would bet on. Uh, no, they got Jimmy as a favorite. Negative, okay. negative 135, Cody's plus 105. All right, so then I'm still going to stick with that across the board, Jimmy. Yeah, I think Jimmy just hit a rough skid with those couple of fights. I think Jimmy's a... a that's fucking really, really tough guys, too. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he even... He went the other way at some yeah. point. It wasn't like he got completely outclassed. I mean, he got caught by Marias, but a lot of people were getting caught by Marias. He lost to Aljamain, he lost to Peter Yan. Aljamain and Peter Yan are about to fight for the title. Yeah, I yeah I got I got and and decisions other than the Marlin fight decisions to yeah and then uh the main event Calvin your boy Tim Elliott is fighting Ryan Benoit I don't know if you know who Ryan Benoit is the name sounds familiar but I got Tim yeah I'm going Tim Elliott as well and He's then gone. uh a big fight at featherweight Calvin Qatar versus Dan Ige. I like, I want Danny E.A. to win. I like him. Yeah. Uh, I just think Calvin's on this. Tear. Yeah, he's Man. like, he's going to get there. Ige is plus 255. Katara is minus 315. Like, Ige is very scrappy. But I don't think he's like the caliber of wrestler that's going to take him down and hold down Qatar. Uh, it's a tough You know what I mean? And beat him up on the ground. A tough matchup, but it's also that type of fight that if Ige wins. Oh, this, this, this could. This could in, oh, yeah. Ige wins. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's a serious contender at that point. Right? And then also, that fight does have fight night on it. Yeah. Because Ige can take a fucking hit, he throws in high volume. Like I said, he's scrappy, like, fun fight for sure. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm going to go Ige, just because I, like I like the odds. And I'm, I'm, Who I want to get with Ige? I'm going with the Menace and the Man style of picking. I like the odds. Dan has been on the show, and he's coming on the show yeah. again. I'm going to ride with Ige. But definitely a tough fight to pick. For sure. And then um, we'll talk some more maybe next week or whatever about UFC 251. Maybe we'll do something tomorrow with Frankie Edgar. I'll see what comes back to me. But, okay. uh, but one thing we didn't talk about was the controversy. We'll get more into it, but the controversy, you didn't get to watch it. Holloway versus... I I've looked up on it. One and two are max all day. Third round was a, a legit one flip. Fourth and fifth were uh, Volkanovski. He got the takedowns, a little more aggressive. Very close. And people are making like a big uproar about it. 
it wasn't the worst. Like, people say, like, let's say the third fight happens, a trilogy, it would probably be even harder to decide who won. Yeah, and it wasn't the worst fight I've ever seen. Like, the worst robbery I've ever seen. You know what I mean? But people are making you know, it like... Well, I mean, it would have probably made people happy for Max to win, and then there would be this, like... Rematch? Like, trilogy. legit trilogy. Yeah. Versus, like, all right. So I saw this, and Dana White said it, the, the, the website FanDuel, like a betting site, they gave people their money back on that fight. Wow. Because uh, I guess they thought so hardly that, like, if you look at the stats from the fight, and you actually watch the fight, it was really close. And then, granted, we well, don't... I had a lot of people say, if you watch the fight as a whole, you think Max Holloway won. Max won the first and second round bigger than Alex potentially won any other round. But Alex did right the ship, and he might have won the third, might have won the fourth, might have won the fifth. Like, it wasn't... It, you always say these close fights, how you would pick the fight was like, let's say the fight kept going on until someone died. Who would have died first? They were both pretty fresh. Wow. Like, last minute, the, the 24th minute, you could be like, all right, I can see I'd have to rewatch Alex them. killing Max in time or Max killing Alex I, I, I'd have to rewatch the fifth round, but I even think that should come into scoring criteria. I agree. Yeah. Like, if this if fight... It's close, if the fight continued forever, yeah. someone had to die. Yeah. If Who this... showcased that they would be alive? If this was a throwback to the old UFCs where we had the 30-minute first round and then the overtime, like, who would, you know? Yeah, 100%. If this yeah. fight had another round, where do I see that round going? I also think that's a thing. Like, I've said it to you before, and it's a crazy thought. I know you were like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Whenever there's a split decision, they should go to one more round. And then if that one more round winds up split again, one more round. Granted, fighters shouldn't be taking that much more damage and whatnot, but we wouldn't have shit like this. Well, so, are you know... A guest of ours, Ben Askren, went on and was saying that, like, this is not a fault of the judges. This is a fault of the system. Yes, the system's flawed. 100%. The nine, ten rounds. If if it was judged as an overall, uh, you you would give it to Max because he dropped him a couple times. Right. But Alex did come back, after- and he was he is the champion. Yeah. Max didn't take the title. After, he had the opportunities to, I guess, in the first and second round. After two tough first rounds, Alex came back fucking strong. Yeah. Very, very close fight. Like, remember, even we talked with uh, Mike Brown, MMADecisions.com. If you went to MMADecisions.com, some of the media, granted, they're not the most reliable judges. Some of the media scored it for Alex. It wasn't the worst decision. So, so we're going to have on the founder of. Uh, what's this? Scoring Senate. Score Senate. Is that what it is? Yes, Scoring Senate. A website where they have fighters call the fights per round who they have winning. We're going to have that guy on next week and we're going to pick his brain on how his website works. Chuck Liddell does it. Ashley Evan Smith does it. Eves Edwards does it. A bunch of fighters. And Menace Bermudez might start doing it. 
But all right, we'll wrap this bitch up. Maybe we'll see you guys tomorrow. If not, we'll see you guys next week. Episode 86. Well, see you later. Good stuff, Stan.